Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 94, which are two amazing films by the Coen brothers. Fargo from 1996, followed uh, by No Country for Old Men from 2007. Two amazing films by the Coen brothers. We have done several films by the Coen brothers. They don't seem to really have uh, any big misses. Well, a few exceptions. Lady Killers was not necessarily the greatest film, but... Uh, they have done incredible films, and just pairing these two together they will seem very obvious once we talk about it, uh, why they were. Uh, so far, Going No Country is really, really good, and very excited to talk about it. Super happy to do this episode uh, with uh, Dan and Eric. A uh, couple of announcements. Um, uh, as you guys know, when we do, we do our recordings every Saturday, uh, on Twitch, so remember to follow us there, twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And uh, when we don't do actual episodes, we do watch parties, and we are very excited that this week we're going to do a watch party, which is Prophecy, uh, and that is really fun. We don't know exactly know who will be our special guest on the podcast, uh, still being debated, but we will find, figure that out by Saturday. But again, Saturday, June 18th at 3 p.m., we will be doing Prophecy as a watch party. Uh, watch parties are not actually uh, put out as podcasts, so you just it's going to be you see it when you see it and be part of it, and uh, always a lot of fun, and I'm excited to do that. Um, all right, but for now, please enjoy episode number 94, Fargo and No Country for Old Men. First things first, sorry, but Eric has... Uh, not only does he have COVID, but he still has a fever from COVID. And yet well, he's still, here's he's the thing about man. the show. Here's the here's the thing about the show. We're going to do real time. If you can guess the accurate uh, temperature, <laughs> then we're going to keep going, and, and we're going to do this throughout the show. Really, let's go. Nice. Here we go. Everybody, put it in chat. Yeah. Is it, is uh, it, is it it's 98? It's 100 right now. It's 100. It's 100. Yeah. I don't know if I'll make it through this show. It's, <laughs> climb. it's a slow climb. It's a slow climb. Yeah. So we'll keep monitoring it, and then if I bow out, I bow out. But, that's all right. you know, it's real time. And this that's what the we, thing. This is what we do here at Martini Giant, man. We, we shovel the snow, we plow on through, and we, we, we do what's right. And work while we're suffering from COVID. <laughs> you know what's oh amazing? God. You know what's amazing is that you know two years ago we're like, oh no, COVID, and then we all get shots, we all do things, and then we're like, okay, COVID's over, and then everyone gets COVID. <laughs> everyone. That's right. Now, everyone to be fair, it. it's way way worse. You know, if you do not have the shots. So if uh, oh, there'd yeah. be no show today if we did not have shots. But still, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like two and a half <clears throat> years of this man. I, I I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm I'm just finally over it. Eric's getting it now. Dan is your number's ticking, buddy. I know, man. There's only so long. There's only so long. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I'm a shut-in, and that helps. But so am I. That helps. Yeah. Can't last. Yeah, my daughter went away. Yeah. My daughter went on a a field trip to Asheville last week for a week with her class. The whole class got it. Oh God, right. parents. So there's nobody at school this week. So my I went wife through, got it, I got it. I, I drove uh, through the Southwest all the way to the center of the country down in Austin. And I was eating at uh, brisket places and <laughs> places and no, you know, no masks anywhere. And nope. I, I was just, I was just like, I, I, I was like a, a, a deer hunter. I was like, 
and nothing. <laughs> Every time I stopped, we didn't get anything. But now I'm did back. You, I'm in my closet, and I know I'm going to get nailed. Did you? Did you get? Do you wear? Were you wearing a mask the whole time you were out? Uh, not all the time. No, no. I got to okay. be honest. And um, um, yeah, most I mean, of the time, before it's like I got it was COVID, so... I wasn't wearing a mask that much anymore either. Yeah, I was like, yeah. No, we were wearing it when it was like when it was like really really tight. I'd be like, uh, and may as well. Uh, but most right. of the places were fairly open air all the time. Or like we went to a, a, a movie theater, but there was like two other people in the movie theater, so we didn't really worry. Mm -hmm. But um, and we yeah we more or less yeah we ate outside. If we were eating outside at all, we were eating outside outside. Right. So mostly we just ate in our hotel room. But anyway, that trip was great. That's a great trip. And I highly recommend Austin to anybody. That's great. Yeah, I, I I envy that trip. I've yep. been to Austin many, many could times. Could you live obviously. there? I, I could live in Austin. Yeah, Austin oh, I could cool. live in Austin. Yeah, it's I like weird, Austin. It's a weird combo of like the best parts of Boston, the best parts of like Seattle. I I call it the Boston of the South. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I love Boston. I used to live in Boston for many, many years, and uh, it has very much that kind of vibe. And it's only it's even like uh, it's more. Almost, it's to me, it's like the Austin of Texas. It's the Austin of Texas, exactly. Yeah. Right. It's only, right. uh, you know, if I would say that's kind of the capital of Texas, really. I mean, it just emotionally sounds. It's really the pinnacle of Texas. Yeah, it's, it's the top. True. It's the capital. Right. It's the capital. Yeah. It's capital. It's capital Texas. That's right. Yep. Because the capital of Texas, as everyone knows, is Texas. Texas City, Texas. Texas City. Texas City, Texas. Texas City, Texas. There is a city called Texas City in Texas. There's a Texas City, Texas? Oh, that's amazing. Yes. I would like to live on Texas Street in Texas City, Texas. That'd be all right. Uh, so this is, is what we're, is this is our goal. off the ship channel. And <laughs> what's even funnier is that there's a giant dike that goes out into the water, like that blocks from the, the ship channel. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Texas City Dike, which I absolutely sounds like an amazing film. By, no, yeah. You know. dude. I mean, that writes itself. <laughs> Very, very pro LGBTQ over here. And I think that's a winner. I used to go out to the Texas City Dyke all the time and try to catch Absolutely. <laughs> Could you possibly, our goal, like, is to try to get so much success with this show that we buy a small area in like Arizona or Texas and call it Martini Giant Texas? Oh my God. Like, can you imagine? Imagine that. Even if it's like, even if it's just say like 20 acres and it, we could sit and we have it made into a town welcome yes. to martini giant martini and, it's, it's, <laughs> and it's a and it's a it's a suburb of truth or consequences New yeah i like that or marfa yeah, great <laughs> Mar yeah next to marfa right next to marfa wow. marfa and martini giant texas i think that'd be pretty good yeah i like i would love to like my my dream is for us to go to south by southwest as martini giant and yes. hang out in um and hang out in um, Austin for for that do a week. live show. Do a live show. Oh, that would right. be incredible! Out of Alamo uh, Draft House. Oh my God! Can you imagine? That would be so yes. awesome. Yeah, I know. I, I, know I mentioned live, it before, but like a Alamo, live martini, a live martini giant broadcast from the Alamo. Uh, Let's make what if happen. we did? That's what a if goal. we did no, a, a, a No Country for Old Men, and then we brought somebody in with that actual device that kills that bolt coming out oh yeah and we just yeah. tested it on watermelons on stage or something oh that, that's <laughs> an idea dude that's right? like gallagher only as a murderer yeah <laughs> that is amazing like, and then we slice it up and soak it in vodka or something I like, love here it you go <laughs> like, yes, I, no, I, 
Like, this COVID has actually only around. made you smarter, I think. That's what's happening. I think COVID this is. has made you the most brilliant person in the world. You need to get COVID more often. down to a very tight core. Dude, I've come up with really new Here's the thing. I watch both movies back-to-back with 101.7. You know, mm-hmm. in our house now, it's like, what are you? They're like 98.7. I'm like, the wave. The wave. <laughs> COVID wave. And so I'm 101.7 rock, New York style, <laughs> WNEW. <laughs> This is it, dude. Yeah, no, I think that's a genius idea. I, I think that is Stretch Goals Martini Giant is for us to do live broadcast from um, from Austin, preferably uh, for a South by, preferably in the Alamo. That would be. Incredible. Did you did you did you see did you stop by any ice houses in Texas? No, I did not. I did not. Oh, that's yeah. an experience. Yeah, I although would, you don't drink anymore, which is still fine. You can still have a coke. But no, just I, experience... I, I I drink. I, I I'm about a cocktail a month person. Right What's now. an ice house? Okay. Oh, it's the best. Special, it's it's the, a special it's a, way to drink. It's it is. It's, it's like basically, it's a it's a it's a bar, mm-hmm. but it's on like imagine a, a parking lot bar, but it's it's a it's a it, what they used to be is back in the day when you used to buy ice, you used to have to buy ice to put in your in your to like Stallone in that movie, like Remember ice that? boxes, you know, yeah. ice boxes. So you used movie? to go to this place Soccer? called the ice, yeah, the ice house. So. Well, can I tell you that you asked what an ice no, house is? No, I'm going to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's the lunch. Yeah. So yeah, ice houses where you used to buy ice, but because they had ice, they also would keep their beer cold there. And so you can get a beer while you were there, right? And so what it is, it's literally a garage door that's open and you pull your your truck up to the edge of the bar uh, or up to the edge. And then you sit on the hood of your car. That's your seat. It's and so then you, goddamn good. Oh my God. And then you- freaking, Imagine if there's an ice house- a bar, an ice house, and a brothel. And you're like, what's your name? <laughs> Usually if it's warmer, it works out better. <laughs> how much? How much for <laughs> It's the brothel slash ice house. Need someone to keep you warm, honey. Yeah, that's how they do it. That's how they do it. But no, like the, I, I, you told me about ice houses before. I'd heard about it from another friend of mine as well. And I'm just like, this is, seems like the perfect drinking experience. Like literally, oh, that's yeah. my dream. But, um, but yeah, well, that'll be the next trip to Texas. No. Yeah. So here, here's a. Let me see if I can find a good ice house picture. The famous one in 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 Houston is the Alabama Ice House. The Alabama. Is, yeah. Alabama. That's, that's, that's good. from uh, True Romance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Alabama because it's on West Alabama <laughs> Avenue. Texas Ice House. Let me see if I can find a good picture of a Texas Ice House. Uh, yeah, my eldest son, who I went with, is um, uh, is only twenty at the moment, so there's no um, there's right. no, no call for drinking uh, just yet. But I am open to this experience, uh, though in a far more limited sense than say is if it? I were thirty. Yeah, I wonder if I had a beer tonight. Would that be bad with a fever? I think you should drink yeah. as much Robitussin as you possibly can. See what happens. Is it bad? Dude, yeah. mm-hmm. No, it'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. I'm having, like I said, when before we went on Twitch, I'm right now having a, um, a nature nut, uh, non-alcoholic peanut butter beer from <laughs> Athletic, which is not a sponsor. I just love them. Peanut butter beer? Mm-hmm. Oh, peanut so butter hard. stout. Yeah, it's delicious, man. It's so good. There was some very God, raunchy no. comedian who was talking about how he... Uh, <laughs> He was masturbating with 102 degree temperature and he almost passed out. And he passed out. Hey, that's the best way to do it. Why do you think, you know, that happens to so many people? They get the bag over their head. They're like, yeah, this is really working. And then suddenly, blam. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, that sounds, that sounds like a horrible idea. I have this question about autoerotic asphyxiation is yes. how good is it that you know that it kills people and people are still like, maybe one more time. <laughs> well, that's the same thing about, you know, heroin. Yeah, exactly, you know? dude. How... One more time won't kill me. <clears throat> you know, but in terms of that, like, because I have a symptom called basal bagel, I pass out. I passed out a couple times this week. All throwing up because did you say vaso bagel? Vaso bagel. Vaso bagel. Okay. Vasos bagels. All passed out. I think since like yeah, you had very low blood pressure or something. Is that what it is? Right. Yeah. So I passed out Wednesday throwing up. I I was on the floor for three hours. Sorry. And then yesterday I passed out. It sucks, man, because you like cold chills and then you're you're out. That's why I broke my nose six times. But I'm kind of live with it. But man, it's been tough with the fucking your your nose looks great for having been broken six times. Amazing. Well, it's I had a, surgery on the third one. Yeah, or the second. Uh, one. What's his name? It's uh, chips and brokes and the guy. The, the guy from Bottle Rocket. What's his name? Oh, uh, yeah, Owen Wilson. That Owen is a Wilson. broke nose, boy. Wow, that is one broke nose. And it affected his voice too. Obviously, I think that's why he's got. Yeah, that he's got kind of. Oh, yeah, I love Owen Wilson. Like a a little bit like this. The cool thing is, like now with this voice, it's like I can. Oh, it's, it's real fast. It's, nice. it's like uh, Keith, <laughs> Keith Richards laugh. That's Good. right. <laughs> That's right. That's nice. Yeah. It's only yeah. always once. <laughs> I think we turn that bass up and really, really Reed. knock people out. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I like that. No, not that. Hey, babe. I think most of the COVID Welcome, Alan. Welcome, Anito. Is Anito it's a great person? Here. I don't know if Anito has been here before. I do not know. I do not, I do not think so. Sophie Cal has been here before. I yes. Know that welcome back. Welcome back. Alan, welcome good back. to see you. Excellent. Right. <clears throat> Today. To catch people up, we... autoerotic asphyxiation was our topic. Go. It was <laughs> our topic. Uh, I think uh, to catch everyone up, uh, just so you know, Eric has COVID and has 101 degree temperature. Is that what you said? Let's well, wait, remember, guess in oh, chat. Yeah. Let's guess in chat. chat. Guess in chat what, how, how much it is. And it's, then, I've been um, to, to let people know it's been on the, the climb. It's been on the climb. Don't so don't give us the number, and if then you, we'll, if you uh, nail we'll, it. we'll find out. Yeah, put it put it up there. Let us know what you think, and, and uh, Eric will uh, give you the correct number. Yeah, wait, does, you want me to say right now? No, no, I'll say it. Hold off. Let's get let's get let's get some bets in. That's right. Now, what what do they what do they win if they get this is like Price is Right, right? So the person that comes closest. I'll get a sample of from sinus mucus and then I'll nice. put it in a, a bag and send it to him. It's a Ziploc and it's just Zip like it's CVS. Yes. No, cough into a you know a Ziploc bag like this and get all those crazy martinis. Close it exhalations. down. Exhalations. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You get a bag of COVID. <laughs> That's it. Here's a bag of COVID for you. I like that. How come I'm not seeing the chat? Uh, I am seeing chat. No one's not. No one's talking about that. No one's talking. Said, See, uh, good to see you guys. That's all. Good, we'll to, see see so. good to see you. Anyway, Ed. anyone want to guess a number? You can give it in Celsius or Fahrenheit. It doesn't matter. We'll do the conversion, but I would be good to, <laughs> to know. Right. Right. Uh, and we will uh, we will go ahead. But all right. So while you guys are coming up with your numbers today, we are going to be covering two films by the Coen Brothers. We've done Coen Brothers films before, which is interesting. This is our yep. second. Is this our second Coen Brothers film? We did yeah. Buster Scruggs and what else? We did. Uh, we did. Oh, uh, uh, blood, blood simple, blood simple. I think we've done. What did we? We paired blood simple with something else, but I don't remember what it was. 
No, it was no. Oh, it was Paris, Texas, wasn't it? It was two Texas films. Yes, it was two Texas yeah. films. That's mm-hmm. right. It's a good theme. Yep. Uh, but has I anybody think... seen Jail Caesar? I have yes, seen that two hundred times. I gotta see yeah. it. I, I totally was like, what is this movie? I totally missed it. Uh, I will. T- I, th- I suspect you will love Thank it. Hail Caesar is right. That's like pitched right at Eric. Um, I was. Oh like, yeah, yeah. And I would like. I was a little meh on Hail Caesar the first couple of times, but once I started, I just had it on or re- rewatch it. Now it's slowly climbed the Cohen charts to quite quite high. I know. Mm-hmm. I know that one backward, backward and forward. It's an incredibly funny movie. Has literally one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in any film at all is in that movie. One of the funniest things ever. Which one is it? Which scene is that? Would it were so simple? Oh, would it were so simple? Would it were so simple? <laughs> would it were so simple? Would it were so simple? It, that is that is that that is at least ten minutes straight from the like from the, the moment he walks through the door to the punchline of that scene is one of the all with the door just all janky and <laughs> it's the best absolutely the best. but it is one of these yeah. movies that it only gets funnier like it's kind of funny the first time you see it but the more you watch it and the more connections you make in the big lebowski kind of style the right. funnier and funnier and funnier that movie gets until now it's just pure genius to me but that that yeah. one is just that's a home run plus one of the greatest and funniest dance sequences of all time the channing tatum yes. that you just have to see to believe okay unbelievable like it, uh, it's great because there's it's a dance sequence that makes fun of things like on the town and anchors away and then mm-hmm. is better than both of them yes i see what you mean yes okay so today we're covering uh no country for old men and fargo which uh i am very excited because i actually really really like both these movies and both of them have very very scary people in mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. very deliberately but one is much more of a comedy and the other one is very much not. <clears throat> yep. I thought that was also kind of a brilliant thing about it. But they do like, feel like they're part of the same universe. Like they're they are, yes. Yeah. Yes. Now if you go like I feel that Fargo is somewhat between No Country and Old Man and raising arizona <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly like it's just it, the, the comedy's turned up just a few notches higher you know? yeah and yeah. it's still but still really disturbing just like no country is in a yeah, lot of ways exactly and that's not saying no country it doesn't have it's very funny it like has a lot of funny moments but they're very very subtle funny moments very subtle moments where it's like man like fargo is if it weren't so nasty it's like it's it's almost slapstick it is yeah. slapstick, particularly yeah. with Buscemi, like incredible. just yeah. trying to get incredible. not pay for parking. It's incredible. It's incredible. So yes, these are the we're covering two of the great cones. I think that ever anyone who likes the cones would put these two in their top five more than more than likely. Um, yeah. And uh, I like for my uh, in my personal top anything. These movies are very 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 high on the list. Like I, I, yeah. I would say that the, these are. Like especially no country for old men um when we get into talking about it like is such a perfect example of filmmaking that i think you should send it out on the next like voyager mission like just to let aliens know how to make a movie in case we all die in case, yeah they can keep hope alive with their filmmaking process. that's it that's it i i am i am very much yeah it was a no country well which one do you guys want to cover for i mean i guess maybe we should do fargo first because it was earlier in their career yeah, maybe sure sounds good okay um 
I saw it in theaters, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it multiple times, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. So it was interesting to see it fresh eyes, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was <clears throat> interesting. It feels suddenly it had that dated look to it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Which I mean, was the first time it, it's been a long time since this movie, but it was the first time I was like, this looks a little dated. It was <coughs> interesting. No country. Not, not dated, not dated bad, I don't think. Uh, Fargo. No, 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 no. In no. terms of the look, Fargo, the hairdos, and everything. The hairdos, yeah. 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 Well, it takes and place in the, the 80s, too. Yeah, and there's the, yeah, it's true. It has that, like, it has that certain filmic texture that I think I really, like, there are movies that are made today that really are intentionally, like, they're grainy, they look like the Safdie Brothers movies, like, they really show you their shot on film. Um, and then there's everything else uh, that you watch on Netflix is like hyper clean 4k. Um, but this looks like a movie shot in the nineties on normal film. And you're like, oh yeah, that's right. There was a sort of medium range, regular film, uh, that you literally don't see at all anymore. Like that's just not, but there was also the makeup was, there was something about the makeup that pointed out to me that was different, that really kind of gave it a weird rounded kind of, yeah, it's very soft. yeah, it yeah, dated it very... a little bit. It, and right. I know it was supposed to be 80s, but there was definitely something that brought back 90s. Yeah. Like there's a there's a look to the whole movie that is there's a flat lit flat lit look for all of the daytime, especially in the interior daytime stuff that I think is really interesting because like both of these movies uh, let me check before I say this. I think they're both Roger Deakins, I believe. Yeah, they are. Really? And uh yeah, and and uh, no country is is rather obviously beautiful looking. Deacons, uh, definitely yeah. Deacons. And and I would say Fargo is very subtly beautiful looking. It like, is. It is a very like it's a it's, very hard to shoot snow like that. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're not <laughs> going for big drama shots. They're going for very reserved, great compositions. And then right. um, especially when they shoot, uh, in, like inside Bill Macy's uh, car dealership and stuff like this, these really bland-looking places, they do these right. very low-set, soft front lights that make it seem even like a, a, almost a cartoon. Yeah, like a, yeah, it, feel, it feels like you're in a refrigerator, exactly. And right. it's, really, it's really cleverly, subtly done. Uh, and I really, I really enjoy that. But yeah, it does have an, a weirdly artificial flavor to it in, an, in, in a way that is, I suppose, pretty 90s. But yeah, it's like, I think that may just be in, like, I overall, I totally fucking hate the way that standard middle of the road movies look today like yeah uh they're they couldn't be more boring and uh they're so standardized it drives me insane uh so it's nice to see something that's like it's not showy about it but it still looks thought through and beautiful and that definitely is the starting place for Fargo. yeah roger deakins is brilliant no, the assassination no, no. of jesse ford is just beautiful oh, it's just the incredible pinnacle example of most yeah. amazing dp actually blade runner 2049 ain't too bad either yeah yeah uh, <laughs> which is and which is actually both beautiful and weird looking like yeah. that's a, like that's an extremely strange looking movie like deacon i think deacons even when deacons does stuff that is like you know classically like classically great looking and everyone agrees that it's great you know he does that too yeah. like uh, uh like that's just that's fantastic but blade runner 2049 you're like this is beautiful, but why? Like everything is off or flat or angular or bizarre. And like, I wonder, like I was in the periphery of that production, um, but I never got to see or hear Deacons himself 
talk about his process. I heard he was actually pretty involved with some of the CG composition. Oh yeah, that's true. That's very true. <clears throat> from yeah. from what I from what I I know, yeah. but um, he's a, he's he, a he's a very modern filmmaking like uh, cinema like cinematography aesthetic. Like he doesn't mind being digitally. Doesn't mind CG. Yeah. I for my one of my favorites of his is uh, 1917. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Oh right, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's really the the bombing sequence. The bombed out city in that is that's unique. It's masterpiece. I've never right. seen anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just incredible. It's really great. Yeah. I just, it's, it's interesting, like, because the thing about 2049, and obviously, you know, you guys know I'm obsessed with that movie. I love that. Mm. Probably one of the best ones he's made, but yep. uh, it's, it's that everything kind of looks like a, uh, like a, a concept art picture, yes. mm -hmm. right? you know, but I'm tired of concept art picture stuff, and it somehow with him, it's not doesn't look that it way. It works. It, it still looks, feels. It looks because somehow there's continuity between the images. Yeah, it still builds a, a feeling. Work. Right. right. It's still world building <clears throat> as opposed to here is an obvious concept art thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, it's so it's really what I like. I, the only thing I didn't like about 2049 is the matte paintings. Really, where when that car was underwater and they were escaping out of it by the damn oh yeah you oh. had all that stuff and like especially the one the wide shot of vegas so i was like who the fuck yep. painted this it's terrible that was yeah. pretty much the the, I, the low i know point, some guys I'll, yeah I'll, I'll i'll email those dudes i think i, I guess that was dan's work <laughs> <laughs> that's that stuff was a little shabby but the rest of it did, did look incredible i definitely yeah actually the thing that i if i'm going to take credit um and loudly take credit for anything you did a lot movie, of the vegas stuff I did. I yeah. I can't. No, I'm not saying I designed any of the Vegas stuff. That was all right. Yeah. In fact, Sid Mead did a bunch of the buildings, and all this stuff. But I did the. Sid Mead was he still alive? He, no, he was his, dead. Yeah, his, had but that's how his, good he was. His hands, <laughs> and they just kind of like guided. They, his he he and his studio had built a bunch uh, of buildings. Yep. And then uh, I had used that material with another 3D artist uh, to build the matte painting of vegas and the uh, rotted highway and all that stuff so um uh but the thing that i'm most proud of in that film uh is that i designed the way the guy gets his neck broken by the evil woman robot where his neck is dismounted from his spine but his his, his oh, neck right. is intact but yeah and like um and that's the uh i guess that villeneuve kills that he's a friend of villeneuve's and he kills him in every villeneuve film and i got to designed the death um for that guy nice. so that's i i I'll hold i'll hold tight to that one everything else is done by much better artists than me incredible work one of the most beautiful films ever made but i, I killed that dude that's what i want to say in any case nice. the, like what i was going to build off was the that the look and feel of the movie uh is like if uh, a paul verhoeven movie if, if paul verhoeven's worlds were real it would look like blade runner 2049 like there's this bizarre sense of unreality to everything, but then the way it's made brings it into a realistic sensibility. And so you have like, like the, the skinny bald guy who's looking up all the information in the yellow library and all this kind of stuff. And it really should feel fake. Uh, it should feel like starship troopers per like intentionally fake, but instead it feels kind of deep and rich and actual. And I, still can't figure out why i don't know whether it's the the filmmaking around it or it's the way that, he, that deacons is shooting it but yeah it's just 
it's just unbelievably good. All right. Well, we should talk about the films we're going to talk about, though. Which ones are those? I can't even remember. <laughs> Fargo. Deacons, Deacons, Deacons. Okay. So, yes, Fargo. Fargo. What happens in Fargo, Chris? So, first of all, Fargo, let's let's actually ask this question. How many of you guys have seen Fargo? Uh, and I'm assuming everyone has seen Fargo, and probably most of you have seen No Country for Old Men. That is my assumption, but I don't know. I, I, I know don't. that McMonkey Man has seen both, because yes, I have watched sure. both of these with McMonkey Man. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I have proof. It's true. Um, right. Yeah, I think there's uh, the pe- people that haven't seen Fargo. I don't know if that is that actually a, a demographic at all. Or I don't want the, anything to do yeah. with them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm troubled by that. I'm troubled by that concept. Well, today they might be confusing the television show. That's true. Is, That's true. Is the television show any good? I haven't. I seen love it. It's I watched one the, of my favorites. I have the book I, of it too. I watched the first season okay. just recently. Right I really liked it a lot. Season. It's really good. Yeah. I yeah, I've watched all three seasons, all three seasons twice, a couple times more. Yeah. Uh, I good. have the book. I love the first and the third. Mm, okay. Brilliant. Right. Yeah. I've I started the second season, but it like it I, sucks. You gotta go straight to oh, the is third. Is it just straight bad? That's third. too bad. Yeah. Just go straight okay. for the for the good. Why start with a gateway drug? Just go straight. Just get straight to the hardcore. Yeah. This is what I say. Like, I, I'm not afraid to say that because, like, the, like, I've talked about it before on Netflix, the best thing I've seen made for Netflix ever in terms of a streaming series, not there are single movies that are, <clears throat> obviously, but in terms of a streaming series, you cannot make a better one than Black Summer Season Two. Don't even bother with Season One. Who gives a shit? Just Black Summer Season Two. That is the greatest zombie movie ever made, perfectly, flawlessly done. Everything that came before it, who cares? I'm going to keep on recommending that until someone in the United States watches it. And then we're going to get a call from uh, the director, who is John Hyams. And he will come on the show. And we will do that in Austin, Texas, at South by <laughs> Okay. I'm bringing it all together, man. Uh, you put it out in the universe and it happens. That's what uh, I'm That yeah. is right. Uh, we're getting real good plans and ideas for our Southwest uh, South by Southwest. South by Southwest uh, Draft House Invasion. I can't wait. And Thanks so much for the Alamo Draft House for supporting us in the future yeah, when they do. It's so. unbelievable. And uh, <laughs> we are thankful. And also that coffee company. Yeah, it's going to Luckalum presents. Luckalum. There'll be a Luckalum barrel, you know, like a barrel of, of Luckalums yes. for you at the, yes. at the entrance. I'm going to get myself jacked up on a bunch of these non alcoholic beers. And... Yes. And we'll have uh, Athletic Brewing Company will also be supporting us. That's right. And one of these days, man, we're going to turn non alcoholic martinis, <laughs> <laughs> which is what? Uh, olive juice. <laughs> it's just olive juice. That's it. Yeah. Extra dirty. Extra dirty. Can we put out a Martini Giant episode, Extra Dirty Martini Giant? Is that uh, possible? What will we cover? I just want to use the name. I think we already covered uh, auto asphyxiation. <laughs> yeah, I know. If, if you want to hear more of that, Martini Giant After Dark, Extra Dirty. Done. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, do we want to go through the synopsis? It's a little challenging. Well, Fargo's uh, a little challenging. Super, super fast. Um, okay. There is... A car dealer played by uh, William H Macy. William H Macy, who uh, is trying to scam his father-in-law for who owns pile, the car dealership, who actually owns the car dealership for right. a pile of money. And the way he's going to do this is he's paid a couple of um, uh, criminals to kidnap his wife uh, for and ransom, hold her for ransom, that 
the father-in-law will then supposedly pay and then he will then william h macy will split that with the kidnappers and then they go their separate ways that's basically the intention of the crime but yeah. more specifically but more explicitly <laughs> that's the intention is more, an important part is he promises them eighty thousand dollars for the mm -hmm. two criminals right? 40 no 80 40 between the two of them right yeah. oh that's right he promises them 40 he says it's going to give us eighty thousand dollars and then it goes 40 but what he actually asks for his father-in-law is a million dollars million dollars yes right and there's like a great little, like, you don't really ever know why he needs the money. But he's like he, always in trouble financially. He's yeah. always, something's. Yeah. He's, like he's just, always, he's paying off the No, he other wants to buy that, that lot. He wants to buy right. a car lot, which will make money. And it's a right. good business investment. Plus, I right. think he owes oh, But he's also in trouble with, with the GME. The, 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 he's stolen 100 he's grand from HD. Exactly. So like, so like. Now that's actually, I was reading, that's the only true thing in the, in the movie. Oh, that there yeah. was what? a GMAC GMAC scam from 1980 <laughs> is Riley mm -hmm. Diefenbach. <laughs> Riley Diefenbach from the GMSA. So, um, yeah, he's on the scam. He's completely on He's just like, I'm going to get a pile of money. He That's reminds me of a business partner I used to know. Yeah, oh, weird. Still have. Uh, um, but yes, interested. it's the same kind of like half-assed schemes. Like, really? Really? Yeah, this um, is not going to work. It's obvious. Oh, he's the worst. Like, it's, it's just an exercise in awkward, like, bad choices. Yeah, he doesn't bad, listen to anyone. He has no idea what he's doing, and he feels like he's superior to the morons who are are running the show. When actually, he's just as dumb as the morons. Uh, and the other, the pardon me, the other funny thing is, is that to show what a moron is, he's trying to run this scam. So he goes to an ex-con who works in the garage. Oh, that God. he is the manager of. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Chef Proudfoot? Chef Proudfoot. Like... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't vouch for a man. <laughs> well, okay. Don't know him, don't vouch for him. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> like, so he set up this whole scam. At the beginning of the movie, you see this. He, like, he's going to deliver these guys this brown Sierra, uh, and they're going to go commit the crime, and it's all going to be fine. Well, it obviously goes completely goes haywire. so <laughs> wrong. Wildly wrong. He's hired Steve Buscemi and... Uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, uh, Peter Star... Uh, what's, yeah, what's so, his name? Not Sarsgaard, but uh, yeah, Peter Sormare. Peter Sormare. And, uh, and they're the guys who are going to go and pull the job. They go and pull the job. It goes wrong. And they, they get pulled over by a cop. They end up killing the cop they end up killing a passerby who sees them trying to pull the cop off the road but that's some of the best material there oh and they pass by and they look into the window yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's, the it's just but you laugh at really raw murder i mean he double it's, executed those guys yeah. and he shot the cop in the head it's yeah. so good it's, so, it's but, like it's but, such a sequence here's the thing it's like, uh, i was you know i i saw the end of like i was watching the credits and i saw victim uh victim in the car or whatever it was and that the name was the prince symbol yeah it's prince 
It's not <laughs> Prince. It's a guy. It's, the guy. It's the guy in the field is Prince. No, it's not. It's not why they use it. It's that. not. It's not it's that. So I looked it up because I was like, "What the fuck? That's What's not going Prince. on?" But... And so it's not. So apparently, the guy who's in the car who stares at him with the girl, he's got that oh yeah, look uh, at yeah, it. Right. Okay, so that guy is actually their storyboard artist. <laughs> he's done all the storyboards for all the Coen Brothers films. Right. And so they put him in the film, and so he didn't want to. I, I guess he was goofy. He's like the the artist formerly known as you know Jeffrey Beesemeyer or whatever right. his name was, right? Right. But it was like, so so because he's, the Prince symbol is on its side, and he put a smiley face inside of it. So oh, it's all it's not actually Prince. It's like, no, it's not actually Prince. It's all just I don't know why. It's a whole inside joke with the Coen Brothers that that's they did hysterical. that. I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so, like these these guys, everything gets fucked up, obviously. <laughs> They right. because they've incurred so much more danger as Steve Buscemi. They've now murdered them. three people. They've like killed three people, right? Right. And so now they are <laughs> using this uh, against Bill Macy to make Bill Macy pay him pay them more money. Right. Uh, otherwise, like Bill Macy's oh, they're, really they're dangerous fucked. people. I, I I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> and so Bill Macy's trying I mean, to get his father-in-law to pay the money off and all this stuff. All that go. continues on, and uh, <laughs> about forty or forty-five minutes into the movie, <laughs> the hero of the movie shows up. Yes, <laughs> the hero I know. Of the movie is Marge Gunderson, and she's Marge one of Gun- one of maybe yeah, like she is. One of the great heroes of all time, I think. I think that's fair to say. Arguably, yes. And uh, and Marge Gunderson. She is the smartest person in a room. That's for damn sure. She's she's (laughs) incredibly smart. She's incredibly confident. She's incredibly kind. And she's uh, incredibly good at her job. And she's seven months pregnant. And she is very, very, very pregnant. And her husband (laughs) died from Zodiac. And the, husband the husband's the guy killer. from Zodiac. Yeah. That's right. And and their marriage is represented as the, as the sweetest, nicest, most sort the of like sweetest thing yeah. in the world. And her everything smiles. is good. Yeah. Yeah. When she's like, "Oh, I gotta go. Is it early yet? You should sleep." It was like, "Oh, you gotta have some eggs. I'll make you some eggs. You gotta have a breakfast before you go." Oh, Norm. Oh, Norm. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, like smiles at him because he's being so sweet, even after he's making these horrible. Hacking noises. It's so good. It's like it's such a like she is they like everything so about them is wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're so, lovely, so lovely, incredibly kind. They care about each other. One of the best marriages ever represented on film. Uh, Absolutely. I bought you some lunch. It's Arby's, eh? It's Arby's. The good old lunch, the Ponderosa. Yeah, it's cool. The Ponderosa. (laughs) It's the best. How's the chicken fricassee? Oh, Oh, it's good. Would you like to try some? (laughs) And like they and she represents pure actual goodness like she's not like showy good she's not performative goodness she's just like she is a good person she thinks well of people she is kind and she's doing her job to help people out and that's it and that's who she is and And all the cops around her are really ignorant yeah really naive (laughs) really naive (laughs) pretty pretty dumb but uh but she's even kind about that you know and what's what's great is that she basically shows up on the scene and solves the crime. Like she's like, so this, 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 this happened. And that's what happened. And she's right. right. <laughs> she's from a small town. They live in a small town in Minnesota called Brainerd, right? So it's mm-hmm. not. It's like a, which is funny because Fargo is barely. Part oh, of Fargo is just one place yeah. in the movie. Right. But I think I think that this is the, like the idea, like the greatness of this movie. That is the sort of thematic, anchor of this movie is that the smallest things end up being the most important things. And so like, she is this middle and nowhere cop. Like she's not like, 
they're sending in the feds. She's a specialist. Or, you know, she's got trauma from being in the Gulf War. <laughs> like, no, that shit's yeah. happening. But like, that's, she's that's just a regular person. You say that because I felt like I've seen No Country, which is the other film we're doing in the podcast, Chris. And mm, um, no Scruggs in it. No Scruggs in no it tonight. No Scruggs um, in that one. But I felt her character was much like, uh, can't, I have a fever, but what's the name of the guy? The old sheriff. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character. Tommy Lee uh, Jones. But I yeah. feel like the smallest element is the coin. Tom Bell. Or to, uh, Tom Bell. Yeah. It's the coin. Yeah. The coin. Because the right. quarters, like the end of the thing where he has the looks at the coin on the ground because oh, he used it to unscreen them and the guy had the coin at the counter. Yeah. It's like that chance. That was the yeah. message. So they it's, always yeah. have these little things that it's give little, the whole message of yeah. the film. And I didn't realize that the coin was the big message of the second the, film, which we'll talk about later. And I yeah. jumped. Ahead. That's all right, but like it is a good way to point. Out for like my, my my love for No Country for Old Men knows no bounds. So I'm going to hold that fire for a minute. I saw Fargo when it came out. It was such yeah. a life changing experience. For me. I already loved movies. I was always a deep movie fan. But sure. since Star Wars, which when I was a little kid was re released in 1980. I saw Star Wars every night of a, of a, the summer for two bucks. Like that's a that's a no brainer. But Fargo is the first movie of my adult life that I went to go. See, I compulsively went to go see every single night for two straight weeks. That's not true. This is because no, you went to see Titanic multiple times. Yeah, no, Titanic well. is nineteen. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. No, Titanic is nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight. Oh, I'm talking. Right. This is Fargo. The first... Fargo became out before Titanic. Yeah. So, like, uh, oh, uh, Fargo is, is the first movie that, like, I I saw. I must have seen it twenty something times in the theater uh, during its run. And uh, there are movies that came close. There's a couple of movies that I saw a zillion times. But like Fargo, <laughs> I was just like, it was like some sort of like, my brain was feeding off of the knowledge that of filmmaking this movie was delivering, and the filmmaking in the film is not just virtually flawless but it, it it's so good that it's uh that it does things i thought were impossible uh such as introducing your main character halfway through the movie mm -hmm. like like with like having a main character that is all but flawless and still have it be interesting uh right. and uh and having like things turn on seemingly inconsequential moments that are only related thematically as opposed to plot wise. And, uh, and all these things are what make this old style noir completely fresh because they don't lean on tropes in the way you normally lean on tropes. She feels like she's actually more heroic than most heroes in film. She's she just completely unpretentious about it. Like there's nothing she doesn't brag about it. She doesn't like have one liners. She's not like she's just doing this because it's her job. It's like your mom is <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. A hero. Yeah. And like and not only that, like this is what I'm bringing up is that everyone knows the concept of Chekhov's gun. Everyone know that one? Where, no, go ahead. Okay, give, so, give it a, a work. So yeah. the in in screenwriting, playwriting, the the idea of Chekhov's gun is that if you um, this refers to the playwright Chekhov as opposed to Star Trek Chekhov. The, uh, it's if you introduce an, a gun in the first act, it has to go off in the last act, right? 
Like don't nice. bring. And so the, the, the basic idea is like, don't bring in ideas <laughs> that aren't going to be fulfilled. Like, keep everything very slim. But if it's like, and one of the biggest ones is if someone's pregnant in your movie, they have the baby at the end of the movie. Like, oh, right. Of course. She does not have the baby at the end. Of the no, movie. she doesn't. <laughs> like she is pregnant the last time we see her in the film. Then as far as we know, that but was that out. really something you cared about? Because I never, you never really saw the baby. I, I don't mean outfits. this as a criticism. I'm she actually in wonderment. Actually, she used it as actually as a, a tour, as a, a tool to get mm -hmm. her material from everything. You know, mm -hmm. get in. Can I sit down? She's already in the room. Like yep. all that stuff, she used it to her advantage. Marge Gunderson is forever pregnant. Like this is, and this, I'm, I'm, I. This is something you're not supposed to do in movies, and because they do it it's incredibly good because they're doing it in a way I've never seen. Like you, you have somebody be pregnant. You normally you'd say like, dude, show the baby at the end of the movie. That's the idea. But yeah, in but this, it is not, an idea. The baby isn't the concern. The baby's not this, the point. That's what well, like in, 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 like in, instead the fact that she is pregnant is incredibly important to how you perceive her character. Right. Like right. it, it changes how you see her and Oh, uh, that's right? the point. But the, it's not about is, the baby. It's that, just about exactly. the bump. And that's, it is, that's about... not Chekhov, but that's Richard Stragigan. Oh, the Stragigan. It's not story, about the baby, but that's it's right. about the bump. And, and that's, so I, that's classic, if classic you had asked co me. Kojak. <laughs> right. if, hey, if, kid, if, it's if, not about the baby. It's about the bump. <laughs> Who loves you? <laughs> what do you say? What do you say? What's this Kojak saying? It's not about the baby. It's about the bump. I come down here again. I'm busting heads. Oh, you tough guy, Mr. Kojak. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely see a T-shirt on the horizon for that one. So. It's not about the baby. It's about the bump. Just have that with like. I gotta write it down because I will forget that. Uh, well, way. let's put it in the Discord right now. Mm, that was <laughs> not that about was, the baby. It's lovely, about yes. oh, it's gonna go. It's gonna go. We have a special section called Eric quotes. Somewhere. Eric quotes. <laughs> <laughs> we have to put that one. My there. favorite Eric quotes. <laughs> it's not about the baby. But yeah, that's the, the like because if you had asked me before this, before I had seen this movie, uh, of whether or not they should have someone be pregnant and not have the baby, I was of course not. Chekhov's gun, have the baby, blah 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 blah. And so to see this movie, and then uh, they do the opposite, seemingly do the opposite <clears throat> of what you're supposed to do, and it works for the betterment of the movie, is basically the. This is what makes this movie special because that's not the only time they do it in this movie. They do it all over the place in this movie. Like they set up your expectations and then they do something entirely different, even though they stay within the same structure. Yeah. The whole thing is a MacGuffin, just like the, the, the Chinese guy. The Japanese guys. He's Japanese. I, that's Mike Yanagita. And he is the most important part of the film. I'd like to talk about that separately. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, he is absolutely the most important thing in the entire film. But and, I, just uh, to get back to her with the baby and the bump mm -hmm. and the whole thing, and I just, for me, I saw these parallels between, uh, between No Country, mm -hmm. and I do have a fever, I'll check in a second, what's his name, and her. And it's almost like he did it just like her. It was a job, mm -hmm. right? And he dedicated to it, but you don't really see his family, right? You yeah. see his wife, but you never see his family, which right. would be children, Right, you never see pictures on the wall, and yeah. he felt like he's almost like the end of the road for her. It's like Marge right. in thirty or forty years, right. where he's just giving up because he doesn't understand 
that everything he did i think it's an excellent point that like when because her line like you pointed out at the end is just like on all this a little bit of money i don't understand it it's a beautiful day outside and like the and he is the like i i actually believe that marge ends up when she is tommy lee jones's age she is happy has grandkids and everything's fantastic but uh tommy lee jones is the extension of her puzzlement at the end of the movie for sure like he is which like is the commitment to the job and that is it the yeah commitment like, to I, the job I don't understand the, the world anymore yeah i don't and it's going yeah. by and i can't and somebody said that the guy in the wheelchair said that he said mm. it's vanity think oh. it's going to stop and shape the way you want it oh and it's, man that's that vanity line, that line we'll get to that but that is a that is a, that's a key key line that's a key line in my life i think about that line all the time that's a great one but yeah, I think that Marge is like, Marge is not who you expect her to be. She doesn't fulfill any uh, notion of a hero that you've seen before. Uh, she is completely unassuming. She never brags. She's not egotistical. She's not doing this because she needs vengeance. She's She doesn't even seem like she would be particularly skilled to do any of this, but she is. She's entirely competent, totally kind, and, and empathic <coughs> even with the worst people in the movie. Uh, and so all of that is the opposite of what you do with a hero. And then you have villains who are also the opposite of what you do with villains. Like you want some kind of mastermind for the hero to go up against. That's really worth their, you know, their, their abilities. Instead, you get Bill Macy, who's a fucking moron. And you have uh, Steve. He Buscemi. keeps fucking. Th he ends up really fucking up his entire life. It's like, so, it's so much embarrassing. Like it's the most so cringeworthy bad. villain of all time. It's like he's the worst. Yeah, he is. And he is the thing, the thing that really cracks me up is how bad he is at lying to oh, everyone. Oh god, it's awful. <laughs> he it's is awful. so bad at lying to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Oh man, it's hideous. It's 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 embarrassing to watch. Like you're just like it's like watching someone back up into a telephone pole. <laughs> it's like just yeah, stop. Doesn't he realize how bad he is at lying? And that's so like everything he has to do to get away with all the things he has to do. He has to lie constantly, right. and he can't do that. Yeah, and he's dug himself such a hole by the end of the movie that he's just he's just a mess. And like like I love one of my favorite things is like he. Uh, Let's see. In when he is captured, he doesn't even have like a profound ending line or anything like that. Yeah, he's, he's just, just crying, like howling a like an animal. He's just like a trapped, you know, otter. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You're just like what a fucking loser, man. This guy's the pits, you know. And the only part, the only person who's oh, he's like, got a son. Yeah, who's really into the accordion too? I oh, love the, the, the accordion, accordion king. king. <laughs> it's the good, uh, Dad. I I thought that. Oh my god! Like everything about his family, everything about what like what is representative of their lifestyle, all this stuff. Now, did the woman get killed? Oh yeah, I she's could... dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he but beat her. I oh, thought he, he is... beat her, but I didn't know if she killed. He she's, killed her. Yeah, she her is... body was there yeah. by the chipper, more chipper. Yeah, she is dead. Oh, she and by the chipper what, too. Because Steve Buscemi goes, oh, okay. "What happened to her?" And uh, and uh, what's his name? He goes, she wouldn't "Oh, she up. wouldn't stop. She wouldn't stop screaming." You know, <laughs> just like why would you do? What what am I supposed to do? Just listen to that bullshit all day? Yeah, like yeah, like and so you have like I would even say like Steve Buscemi, like you have a total fucking serial killer maniac with uh, Peter Stormare. Um, you can't even tell if he's smart or dumb. He's just sort of like uh, a, a murderer. Like he's just a, yeah. a complete mindless animal. 
Uh, right. And you have Steve Buscemi, who... Well, is, the only time you see any kind of emotion is when he's watching the soap opera. Oh, yeah, and he starts to... He like, gets all... You know, it's, my, it's my baby. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's the best. You're the, you're the father. Oh, and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Uh, Steve Buscemi is exactly like uh, William H. Macy, only an actual murderer. And weirdly, I respect Steve Buscemi more than William H. Macy. Because at least Steve Buscemi is I mean, it's despicable and he's annoying and he's uh, uh, he's arrogant and he's ridiculous. But it, at very least, he knows that he is a criminal. Like he is a, he's owning one part of himself. Whereas uh, Bill Macy wants to pretend like none of this is happening while making it worse. Like right. like there's nothing likable about Macy whatsoever. Like the only likable thing is his son, and I feel bad for his son at the end of the film. And yeah that's, that's about it his son just lost his mother his grandfather and his dad <laughs> basically his dad forever. is in jail yeah it's yeah. like he, yeah that's a <clears throat> yeah it's wild it's totally wild and through this marge just continues to unearth the facts follow the case and catch the bad guy like that's what she does like there's right. nothing she doesn't do anything that a good cop is you know like this is a, a totally competent person uh, and everyone else is incompetent. Uh, and so like it is the, in every way, it's the opposite of what you expect. And because of that, it is, it feels dangerous and thrilling and bizarre. And at the end, like totally shocking. Like when she turns the corner and finds the dude feeding Steve Buscemi's leg into a wood chipper, you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> like, yeah. you could be living like Marge. Look, Marge is happy. Be like that. And they did. They, they just dug like every every character in that movie digs their own hole, except for Marge. And except uh, for Marge, yeah. And that's the greatness of it. It's just just thrilling. So, what was did you seeing? Did before? you see the 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 Fargo snow globe? Oh yes. <laughs> yes, it's with the wood chipper scene. The wood chipper, yeah. It's so is good. it really? Yeah, yeah. The Fargo yeah. snow globe, and yeah. part of the snow is red. Just, yeah, it's, it's all mixed like... together. Oh my god, it's genius! It's genius. But yeah, I would like to, if I may, speak about the Mike Yanagita scene for just one <clears> second. Okay, so, so first, you have to explain the scene from the beginning. Like, how did this character show up in the story? So. Um, these the murders that happen are fairly big news for the region, you know, and it's 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 on the TV, right? And so it's out there that Marge is the lead on the investigation and and all that stuff. And she has to make a trip to uh, the Twin Cities to uh, to follow up on the case. Like it's a big deal, right? And what's awesome is that like it's the one little bit with Marge where you feel like there's an not unsatisfied part of her character, but like she's in the big city. She's away from her husband and she gets a call from this guy, Mike Yanagita, who she used to go to high school with. Mike is a super handsome guy, right? He's is a professional. He? Yeah, I would say so. He's a, yeah, like, I like that actor. He's a handsome actor. He's like, he's a obviously likable person. Like she thinks fondly of him from high school and enough to consider meeting him up for drinks. And there's something about the way she says yes and what she sort of dresses up that this is a little bit of a fling for Marge. Like, it's a little bit like, like she's not going to cheat on her husband, like never. But like, you can see that there's like a little bit of danger that she's experiencing and like meeting another man at a bar. Uh, and it's kind of date-ish, right? And that's what draws her to doing this. 
And so it's not quite a character flaw, but you see a little bit more depth with Marge that way. She shows up and Mike Yanagita, who saw her on the news, is excited to see her because they knew each other in high school. And he is insane. <laughs> like Mike well, say literally find out later that he is insane. Yes, he it slowly comes across as Mike is talking, like he is hitting on her really really hard, like trying but to But not in a in a very awkward way. In a very not, very awkward lonely Not way. into like, hey, you know, what's going on and I'm a right. big success person. He is like, "Oh geez, you know, which is weird also because he's also clearly an asian person mm -hmm. thick minnesota yeah, he's grown actor. up in minnesota he's entirely it's, minnesota it just that is also out of place yeah and you can I see think on like, purpose oh yeah like i think that like that what they mean to project is like clearly this dude has first of all grown up there since he was little right because he has the same accent as everybody else um mm. but because he is asian and totally different from everybody else you see in the movie physically um, you know that he must have lived a much more isolated life than the already isolated life that everyone else in the movie is experiencing. Like, uh, like he is like, like he's a, he's a novelty even to his friends is the idea that they're projecting. Right. And so the fact that he is acting sort of sketchy and weird and lonely with Marge is at first sort of like, it's not, it's not endearing, but it's understandable. Like you're like, Oh, this poor fucking dude. I can't imagine you know, growing up Asian in like this, this environment would be really weird. You know, it would be, it might be pretty difficult. And so <laughs> as he's awkwardly sort of making these advances and like trying to sit in the same sort of booth with her and all this kind of stuff, like he's sort of like understand it to an, to an, an extent. And then she finally kind of she calls, sets boundaries pretty hard. She's like, pretty... no, I would like you to sit over there, you know, sit on the opposite side, uh, you right. know, and she even tries to make excuses. Oh, I just, I don't have to crane my neck and, you know, all this kind of stuff. She's nice about it, but she sets him in his place. And then he's like, I'm sorry. I'm acting so weird. Truth is my wife died and yeah. uh, I'm super, super lonely. And, you know, I'm, I just, I'm just a mess. And, and, and you're like, Oh, poor guy. And the date kind of fizzles out. And that's the end of that next morning. Well, hold on. It's more than, it's more than that. Right. It's like, he first he said he was married to this person that she, like, oh yeah 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 right. and then she then he keeps he going was. it's like oh, i'm sorry it didn't work out and goes well she died like she he died. like it seems like yeah. more pieces of the story that he's saying just yeah like the, he's just way. adding a hat on a hat you know he's just sort of like right. he's just like oh he's married to linda cooksey oh you're really married oh how's linda doing oh well you know marge uh she struggled she, she struggled. Died. you know yeah. she died you know and then you're like oh and it says it in a way that you're like you don't want to ask any more questions and it's like feels really sad and weird and then he's like starts to cry and it's like i'm so lonely and like you're like that's and you're it leaves the date the whole scene on like this awkward sad note first time right. i saw this i was like the fuck was that about like what it was what weird that... it was totally mcguffin like where are they trying to throw what, us off what what is what <laughs> is happening here right so here it is let me play out the, the next the very next scene next scene the morning She's at the hotel. She's packing up all of her stuff. She's on the phone with a friend of hers uh, and says, oh, yeah, I saw Mike Yanagita. Uh, and her friend says, oh, well, yeah, Mike's a little weird. And he's like, and she's like, yeah, well, I know. You know, ever since uh, his wife died. Wife? Yeah, Linda Cooksey. Oh, he's not married. He was never married to Linda Cooksey. And she never died. She's fine. 
and he bothered her a whole lot. He, he like, bothered her a whole lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was basically like, stalking her. Yeah, he's a stalker. He's a crazy stalker. And this, and it hits Marge so hard that she has to sit down. Like right. this is this is a woman who has seen cops' heads blown off, like in the snow. You know, she is like she can handle whatever. But this was too. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she sits because down. She let she, her guard down. She said she like sits sits down and goes that well that's a surprise and she says that out loud she's totally fucking shocked and the reason why she's shocked is because Mike when you see him he's got a suit on he looks like a normal guy he's a regular guy he's a business person look at him he's normal like he's a, he's an everyday regular person but it turns out that even people that dress in suits and look and talk like regular you know regular non criminals mm-hmm. can be criminals. Mike Yanagita is the reason why Marge solves the crime because he is a well-dressed criminal, which is something that she has never experienced. Like she just took him at face value. Um, and actually he's a creepy stalker. He got in trouble for it. Um, and right. after her dinner with him, that's um, what she figures out that William H. Macy she is instantly figures out, wait a second. There's another guy I know who is well-dressed, seems normal, but is acting sketchy. And that's the guy that I should be after. And that he goes, he like goes to um, uh, the, car William, the car dealership, goes to Macy, confronts him again, and he panics and runs. Like, I, I, she would have solved the crime eventually, but she solves it so fast because she makes that one leap. And it's a leap that she would not have made except for Mike Yanakita. So, like, what I was saying is that the, the, like, the, the, one of the key things about the film is like, it's these little things that you don't expect. Are little things that like that are sort of normally you just don't even think about um, become incredibly important, you know. And Mike Yanagita is the key to that. Like he is a it's a frivolous one off scene that you just you would have just let pass by. Like like I don't know. I guess that's part of her character, whatever. Um, but actually, it's the hinge upon the entire that the, the entire plot of the movie works. And uh, she reemphasizes this theme when she is talking with her husband. Um, cause he's trying to win this painting contest for uh, who's going to be on the 29 cent stamp, you know, uh, the painting of his mallards or whatever it is. And at the end of the movie, he loses the 29 cent stamp, but he gets second place, which is the two cent stamp. And he's just three like, cent. Oh, the, the three cent stamp. And, uh, and he's like, well, you know, people don't have much, you know, care much for the three cent stamp. And she's like, what are you kidding me? That's the most important one. It's the little stuff. Like, when they're stuck with a bunch of the old stamps, these are the ones they have to use to send their mail. Like these are the ones they're going to use to get way, way more use. Uh, and right. so little things make all the difference. And Mike Yanagita is that that scene is the little scene that makes all the difference. <coughs> like right. with, without that, you don't have the movie doesn't the mat without that, the movie doesn't work for me. Like it needs that moment of her realizing because plot wise, it's also, it's also a good gag, but it reveals like what Eric brought up before is that she has no flaws except the fact that she has no flaws makes her a little guileless. Like she is because she doesn't have the flaw of cynicism. She is unable to solve the case. Like uh, if she were just a little bit more cynical, she would have seen through Bill, Bill Macy's act instantaneously, but because she just simply believes in people, uh he gets away with it uh for half the film uh and it isn't until she learns one little thing and that one little thing is all the character growth you need for it to be a story like it's about it's about marge 
learning one thing like sometimes people aren't what they seem and that's the movie you know right and that's that is why that thing works now eric was going to uh, retort with i was just gonna point. i wasn't but it's very astute points as usual but i just felt that she like tommy lee jones had a clear separation of their their work and their life yeah. and you saw that when at the end of no country where he's retired and his wife's like i don't know what to do with you <laughs> he's like yeah. well i'll figure something out because obviously work was a real thing in his life as it is for everybody mm -hmm. so i felt like it interfered with her her personal life in a sense of like here's my work here's my life it's the and crossover my, right yeah it's a crossover right. yeah and that was right. alarming and it, yeah. it's true what you're saying that that was the thing that led to the you know going back to macy but she just sees people in her life as normal and what she right. does for a job is i deal with crazy people i, I don't deal, understand I deal with the mexicans come across the border and i don't understand these right. kids now like she she deals with steve buscemi and chef proudfoot and fucking maniacs and i can spot Swedish them a mile guy. away but spot now they've away. come into my own life yeah and i don't know what to do it's like yeah. and it's the same thing as tommy lee jones it's like right. they come across the border these kids wear green hair i'll tell you i don't know what's going on yeah and it's like i don't know what to do yeah i'm at a and, loss I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. Know. And for her, I felt like, how did this come into my life is the way I felt. I saw right. her there like, yes, it gave her that point to say, wait, Macy's full of shit because he is dressed well. Mm -hmm. But how did this come into my life? I mean, yeah, I deal with it during the day. I don't want yeah. this to come into my life. What this is happening with the world? Yeah. It's someone like Bill Macy is actually a fucking jerk. <laughs> like what kind of world are we living in because like i think that's a great point you only don't trust people when as soon as you put your uniform on by the way you never actually see the bump you just see this kind of huge padded thing yeah right right, right and right. so it doesn't it's not about fertility right nope it's not about the baby it's about the bump that's and that's baby, that's Satan. <laughs> that's kojak 101 <laughs> baby and yeah, with his bent true. thumb you know he had a bent thumb right right so that's why you never, you only had lollipop because it went the other way. I worked with a guy in that agency but... business in the late 80s in New York. You had the same thing. Be like, go check. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I didn't say that to him, but. Um, <clears throat> but well, well, that's an excellent point because like, I, I think that like, I, I and, and so like with the greatest movies I've ever seen, every time I see them or every time I talk about them, I, there's something more that I get out of them. Yeah, I think Domino Principle. You, Obviously, Candy Bergen is re the revelation. Candy yeah, Bergen, fucking the, the twirling. I get oh something more. I, even... I get something more. Uh, that's that is as deep as an ocean to me every time. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that what you're saying now actually makes me think think more about her in the end of the movie when she says, you know, with the the, the line of like I. You know, it's a beautiful day. I don't money. understand it. You know, like it's just for a and it's bit not of money. a beautiful day because it's all fucking white it's out fucking there. A total yeah, it's depressing. As somebody that, yeah. who has COVID watching this, I'm like, God, yeah. I'm ready to jump out. I was on the first <laughs> floor. I was like, I can't really jump out the window. But the point is, it was like depressing. It's yes. I don't miss. I grew up in the Northeast. I don't miss snow. Right. I love Southern California. I'm Absolutely. there. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in the, the moisture capital of the world. Yeah. I'm happy. My daughter's happy. But it's sunny as hell. Yeah, I can't deal sure. with snow. And it was very depressing. But her saying, you know, what, how much money do you need? Right. But and it's almost like she only saw people as criminals when she put her uniform on and drove to work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she's everything is very discreet in her world. You know, like there's no reason to suspect 
normal business people. Like that's silly. Just criminals are criminals. And when it starts crossing over, that's what makes it really funny. So, so what you're saying is like the, 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 the thing that attaches both these movies is its sense of borders and boundaries being crossed. Yes. Right. I think that's true. But they answer that at the very end. Mm -hmm. It's vanity. If you think you can control this. Oh God, that's because you can't. So what's the, freaking point of showing up to work <laughs> and trying to block criminals when in the end it's just you can't you can't well, control do you the way feel the like goes. Where, where do you think marge is at the end of fargo like is she <clears throat> is she the same or when like it, what just occurred to me when you said that i was like maybe marge was really hurt by this i like, think she i think she had a vanity because she was her vanity you can tell mm-hmm. i felt that is when Thank God for fever. It's very lucid. Um, but <laughs> All sorts of connections. <laughs> we're going to do a fever check in a sec, guys. Nice. And uh, I know that it's lighting up the board down here. Everybody wants one, but hold yeah. on. <laughs> just a second. Uh, yeah, just for those of you who are following along, Eric has uh, got a fever from COVID and still doing the podcast. So um, just just letting you know. I know if you're listening to and the podcast. We are sponsored tonight times, by but... Braun. <laughs> nice. Nicely done. So he is, he is suffering through this. I just got over COVID last week. Uh, and we're just Woo! waiting for Dan to get it soon. So I am it's 100.7. 107. No, 100.7. 1.7 Celsius. Yeah. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, I would hope. 107 yes. Celsius would be I'm saying what is that in Celsius? <laughs> what is it? In Celsius, that is 38.2 degrees Celsius. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I can't translate that myself. Because That's not everyone math. does Fahrenheit in the it's world. So in weird. fact, so there's only weird. three countries in the world that does Fahrenheit. That mm-hmm. is the United States, Myanmar, and Liberia. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we stick I to wish, our guns. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got a... I, I, where as far as graduate school, yes, it was art school, but I still have, I can't, I'd have to calculate that out. I can't just do it in my head. No, like, I, have no I have no idea about that. I kind Chris of have a good, vague idea for kilometers. That. Kilometers, I can, I can translate like metric to, um, to feet and whatever we use, but like uh, in a loose way, but uh, Fahrenheit and Celsius, I'm well, a lost. I'm at sea. You, you asked me a question before I forget that what would you think she would be like? I think she is the start of what Tommy Lee Jones would be at the end of far right uh, the country where it's like, I, I don't understand it. Like I, I, yeah, I she's like and, something like, bad happened to her in this movie. Like, when, yes. Like, and right. so it's almost like if you got that sense really when um, it's almost like after this, and if she went back to talk to the prostitutes, mm-hmm. she would have been like, why are you doing this with your life? Right. She would almost like up a notch, like try to be like, can you change your life? Right. It was almost like it was a day. She put on her jacket. That's what she did. This is unbelievable. But she was vain because when she was telling the guy about what DLR means. Right. right. She didn't do it like, you fucking moron. Dealer means dealer plates. I need to get those numbers. Well, she did Obviously, say, it's like, I'm not sure I agree with your police work there. Right. But which, is, which is about God. as insulting as you get in Minnesota. Yeah, like <laughs> she was not be she was being motherly she was being not yeah, that's arrogant. right she's not, she is not being she's not being mean she's being kind but she is uh she she goes he is dumber than i am i'm gonna go easy on it yes and there's a vanity right. there yes. so it's there's the vanity that's an interesting i point. that's an interesting like point. i could control it because i sense from her character 
like, oh, that's a little vain. When people correct you or try right. to correct how they correct you. And they right. even did in the movie I started watching today, which I had never seen before, ladies and gentlemen. But it's Deepwater Horizon. But Malkovich corrects Kurt Russell's character. No. On the type of, Kurt Russell <laughs> yes. sends booze to him as a gift. Yeah. This is before yeah. everything goes to shit. Right. And he said, oh, this Gave or something. He's like, it's actually pronounced, you know, Malkovich being. And Malk, I was trying to get it. He, he has this perfect he, teeth thing where he doesn't close his lips. Yeah. He's such a brilliant actor. And he's like, it's uh, actually Guave. Uh, guave, then, yeah. And then he looks at him. He's like, he corrects them. He gave you a gift. Just shut up and say thank you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, it's no. like my favorite fucking moment right now uh, in what's it called? The the other Coen Brothers movie with Malkovich. What's the, what's the Malkovich and Clooney and... Uh, uh, the CIA and what the hell's the name of that? Oh, movie? that's so good. Uh, uh, yeah, Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading. I love Burn Burn After Reading. Malkovich and Burn After Reading is one of the funniest fucking characters I've ever seen. <clears throat> when he's when he's talking about writing his memoir. Yes, <laughs> <My> memoir. <laughs> I, I that mean, was so I'm, great. Recording on like a, a like in his therapy chair <laughs> in Georgetown. Did you guys see the? Uh, did you guys see the uh, uh, the thing I put on the Discord of Bill Hader? Imitating Malkovich to Malkovich. This is how you sound. It's like, I don't sound anything like this. You sound exactly like this. And he said it just, it's on the Discord. It's hilarious. Which one? Tech Staff General? It's on the Subscriber Lounge? Links. Oh, there's a your famous. Random links. favorite Eric quote. Yes. Yes. It was the death of hope. Secret girlfriend. This guy is checking up like an old. I'm not rotoing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about the baby. It's about the bump. <laughs> but yeah, nobody does smarmy like no no one does uh, smarmy like uh, uh, Malkovich. Malkovich. Malkovich is like the absolute perfect like <laughs> like when he's in the car with Brad Pitt and and just like he's like you know and you like you come down here on your Schwinn. He's like <laughs> you think it's a Schwinn? Yeah, like it's, it's just well. It's, but yeah, he's uh, like. I in 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 Fargo, Marge is like I don't think she's vain in the way that people think of vain people. But, no, I, but do, I do I do I do get what you're saying. Like she she is very aware and very used to being the smartest person in the room. And that's why he was Japanese. Because mm -hmm. at high school and oh, probably the seventies, right. he was probably the top student. He went off to be an engineer. So she was probably like that girl in election, right? right. Super right. smart. With everything, has the answers to everything. Yeah, like she clearly had a crush on the dude. Like that's, that's why right. she, so she did put that nice dress on, right? Yeah, she gets yeah, dressed and up. They, and it brought back memories. A high yeah. school, so you're probably in the same. Like there's a little club. bit. And of her everything. husband is dumpy looking. Yeah, he's an old fat balding dude, and I'm just like, this is what's great. It's like if it, if she had just she can been... control him. He paints yeah. mallards, which is cool. I wish I could spend all day painting, but yeah. it, not mallards, but uh, nude women. Would, obviously, would be nude mallards, yeah. obviously. Yes. Nude mallards or nude, nude Asian women. But would be By great. the way, uh, but, just to keep you a theme going, if anyone wants to be horrified, look up duck reproduction. Go ahead. Anyway, we're talking about... Oh, I've uh, seen it. Oh, God, it's it's like, very it's, volatile. It's horrifying. It's we, the worst I, thing on earth. There is no I God. took a hike. <laughs> I took a hike with my little daughter and Nance when we lived in LA, and we went up to the mountains. Uh, I, for, I forget where it is, but it's by Brentwood Mountains somewhere, and there's a big nature area up there, a duck area. And we were feeding ducks, and these ducks, the guy comes around. Like he's just, he's poking everything, and he basically inseminates one of the ducks in front of my daughter. And we were all, we thought he was attacking the female duck. Oh, yeah. Be no. Because they put their 
mouths, beaks over the neck and like try to strangle yeah. and control it. And, they, and the, sometimes they will kill them. Just really? Happens. Yeah. Oh, it happens all the time. Like, get, like you'll get ducks get a, like a, uh, attended to by say three or four other ducks and they end up killing that other duck. That's not even the horrifying part. I'm going to, you can mute this right now before I, I say these words that will forever be burned into what? your ears. Ducks, male ducks, obviously, have a corkscrew penis. And the reason so why I. they, and, and uh, female ducks have a anti-corkscrew vagina. They are in a sexual, they're in a reproductive war uh, to make it more and more difficult so the best duck wins like you have to be the Got most it. yeah so like this is the like the and then the ducks uh uh when the when the male duck is going to going to into action uh the penis hyperinflates really fast and uh just sort of explodes outwards and then after it's done it falls off <laughs> so after this no more cute duck anything for me i was like wait a so minute it doesn't basically... reproduce anymore no no they they grow a new one that's so, great though like it, i was just like there's nothing cute about ducks whatsoever but that's like, my for life that's, Mike Mal Mal that's but adorable Ma but they're also rapist yeah, but that's, crazy that's the whole but ducks stayed stayed together for life that's lovely they? that's very yeah, but, lovely i'll try to remember do yeah i'm swans <laughs> like I'm, I'm Marge in the car at the end, going. D don't you know there's other ways to love love each other? Yes, but the thing is, that's basically <laughs> the day. whole movie, though, yeah, because ducks fair. are so sweet and beautiful. Right. But in reality, underneath, it's, it's, it's savage. A sinister, it's a sinister strangeness. And I think I think it's actually a great point to return to the non-duck portion of the show. The the uh, that I really love that Marge. They could have gotten away with Marge being simplistically uh, kind and iconically smart and noble but because she puts on the fancy dress for mike you know there's all sorts of other weird tensions underneath her character that are unspoken and well it's very very subtle and and it makes her a real person the big thing to me about fargo is that mm -hmm. everything in this movie is about fish out of water everything Mm -hmm. Every yes. single person is a fish out of water in mm -hmm. some way, shape, or another, right? Marge is a fish out of water because she clearly is the smartest person in her town, and she's not there. She goes to she goes to uh, Minneapolis, and she clearly is a fish out of water there, mm -hmm. right? right? That's true. And That's true. she has she is going to the Radisson. <laughs> for What's drinks it? and she's like oh it's it's a radisson so you know it's nice i was like right okay right and that is she is she is out of place there yes so right. she is constantly being put out of place mm -hmm. she manages it really well but she still manages it right mm -hmm. so that's another thing then the other person is steve buscemi who is clearly the one besides the coal hard murderer does not belong in minnesota <laughs> No, he like he he's is a like, New Yorker. <laughs> talk about someone who thinks that he is living uh, below his his rightful station. Right. Like, this dude is so put upon that he can't be bothered to pay the two fucking bucks. Four dollars. Four dollars. <laughs> four dollars for parking, yes. even though <clears throat> it will get him fucked to be noticed. 
Like, he's right. like, I can't resist. I yeah, have but that's to demean the, that's this That's the person. stupid penny pound, pennywise pound foolish that we talked well, about before the show started. Absolutely. Right. But the other thing is, like, everyone he interacts with is the complete opposite with him, which makes it so obvious that he is not that – it's not there. It doesn't belong there, right? Yes. Like, when he talks to the, the parking Prostitute. attendant – no, or the, the, we can go to the prostitute too, which is hilarious. But when he talks to the parking attendant, the parking attendant, both of them, there's two mm -hmm. parking attendants. They're both the nicest people yes. with big smiles and say, yep. oh, right. I'm sorry, but I have to charge you the minute and the minimum. So sorry about that. And he's like, fuck you. And it's like, no one, I, I can see that the parking attendant is like, no one's ever talked ever, to him that Yeah, that it's way. totally beyond anything. Just point anyone, out that I think yeah. a lot of those scenes are built around the idea is like, can we show the actual core of the character mm -hmm. without them saying much, but does just them showing their teeth. Yes. And right, that's right. basically it. Like oh, everybody dude. in those moments, it's just teeth and you know everything about them. The, the smile. The, the iconic the teeth. moment in Fargo for me is when uh, Bill Macy goes up and pays for breakfast and the, uh, and the woman at the cash register <laughs> just goes, he's like, oh, you have a good day now. And she goes, Utterly blank, like dough-like expression. Morons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, just absolutely. She seems totally nice, but it's like it's so guileless. It's low voltage. Stunning. Yeah, it's so great. It's so great. The, the 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 escort that the scene with Buscemi oh, and yeah. the escort. Oh was... god, yeah. Jose Feliciano, hey, he can't get better than this. <laughs> he, got <laughs> no he got no complaints. No complaints. So Jose Feliciano, he got no complaints. So and she just looks like, how long you been doing this? Like eh, a couple what? months. What? Like, do, do you like this kind of work? You like, like it? What are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and then it cuts to them having sex, and she's like, you know, like, okay, like, here you okay, go. There Come you on, go. all right, yeah, all right. Yeah, I here hear you go. Yeah, there you go. You're almost there. Almost there. Come on, you can do it. You can do oh, it. Bells. Just talking to him like, bells. like, like he's at a karate class, you know? Oh <laughs> man! And then, and we just have to pause to reflect on the fucking beating he takes from Chef Bradfoot after that is one of the greatest minute moments in the entire movie. End me up back and still want you fucking shit. It's <laughs> like ever the pressure on Buscemi is building so high. Right. Like, he hates everyone to begin with. He thinks everyone else is beneath him, but everybody has the upper hand on him in every single scene. Right. And he finally gets beat the shit by Bouchette Proudfoot. And after that, he's just like, I will kill anybody who fucks with me at all. And he does. Like he becomes, he yeah. Like he becomes the maniac that he, that he's becomes worse than the maniac he's driving with because right. that, at least that maniac is dispassionate. Like that many right. like I'll kill people because they're in my way. I don't really think about it that much. But Bashemi is just beyond the pale of frustration. Like he is pure frustration. By the time that he is going to pick up the money yeah, but from why, the from the dad. The why is he frustrated? Is because no one can just be straight with him. Well, because I'll he feels it. that he's better than everybody. Well, I, I know he thinks he's better than everybody, but at the same time. He feels because I actually deal with this sometimes with like, mm -hmm. I won't say, uh, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. He does think that he's better than everybody, but at the same time, he feels he's doing you a favor. Yes. So when he says, just show up, I'll give your wife, you bring the money. 
Right. But then it's, it's like I was doing you a favor kind of look. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, now what? I have to do this. Now you're pissing me <laughs> off because I know I'm better than you. I was being nice to you, giving you the benefit of the doubt, and you don't even show up properly. You you and then you send this guy. Why is nobody why is people why are people taking advantage of me when I'm being yeah. nice? He that is, was the tone I felt. Right. He is put upon, he feels he feels that he's better than everybody. He's a he's a fish out of water because he is like like Marge, this makes perfect sense now that you said. Like, because Marge has a little bit of uh not, vanity is a is a little bit too critical of a word, I think, but like I agree with you that she is she is very aware that she is uh smarter than everybody she works with. And she's patient about it and she's kind, but she also is uh, just assumes that that's the case all the time, right? Steve Buscemi also feels exactly the same way. Right. But he didn't do good. Sorry, good. He didn't horrible to say that. He did not do well in high school. Right. right? He's on he the did. other end. He's right. on the other end, but he's yeah. still intelligent. He is like he's smart, but he is his frustration gets the better of him all the time with everyone that he interacts with. Like and he the wants same to... is true with William H. Macy, because and, William H. Yes. Macy is also going outside of his realm, outside yes. of his safety zone. And he's frustrated that everyone's calling him stupid, right? Yes. Everyone he's, thinks he's, he's emasculated by his father-in-law. Like yes. he's just like he's get he runs he like he runs his own car business <clears throat> that his dad that his father-in-law owns. His father-in-law is a total asshole. Like the great bit when the dad's married says, into no, it. No offense, but you're not the kind of guy who's really good at this stuff. Yeah, exactly. That, Come on, yeah. Jerry. And but, like, no, who said Gene and Scotty never have to worry? <laughs> yeah, that's wow. I've heard that before. Gene and Scotty. Um, but the thing is, he, you he do, married... but not them. <laughs> exactly. What do you mean? Yeah, like, well, that's the thing. When he says Gene saying. and when he's saying Gene and Scotty, Scotty never have to worry. He's excluding he Bill Macy in the sentence. Yeah. Oh, of course yeah. he is. I, but yeah. I'm saying personally, I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. it's like, and felt that. But the thing is, I what I'm saying is like, there was a point somebody said to him, "So you married into it?" Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Was it? It is. It is basically. Yeah. Like. Like. Yeah. And you're saying that that connects to No Country. It's like the the married into it gag of in No in No Country. Like you married into owning a gas station. <laughs> like this is true oh right yeah yeah, yeah. You know, like, but yeah, here's so the that, deal now yeah, if you go back to that to to be know-it-all or to be like a Buscemi you're like Javier Bardem you're a psychotic right right he, he and he is I mean Buscemi has lost his mind by the end of the movie he's absolutely yeah he's mind. he's pissed at everyone calling him an idiot yeah right and he's right? like he is including yeah, he, the prostitute who pretty much called him an idiot Right. And, and basically, like, like, come on, get it over with. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's demeaned and demeaned and demeaned, and finally he snaps. So when, like, when snaps. the the, the father in law is like, "No, Gene, no money," he's right. like, "I left simple <laughs> fucking instructions." Yeah, he's no lost Gene, it. No money. Yeah. No Gene, no he's money. He's holding the money right there. <laughs> it's right there. He's right there. And so the father is also an idiot. Oh, he's a moron. He's an egotistical fucking vain moron. You yeah. know, and like, and yeah, you know, like, I, and man, when when he shoots the dad, the dad collapses, and then Machete, uh, Machete, <laughs> Steve Machete goes over, and then gets shot in the face. 
I have was... never jumped so fucking far in a movie in my life. That like, was, by the way, super good effects of the blood and other things else. But, so and the tissue, but yeah. the thing is, that goes back to his vanity because you're like he cut himself shaming. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like your vanity of his own vanity. Obviously, thought he was an attractive guy. Right. And so right. his own vanity, and he's like, he shot me in the face. Like my vanity I got been shot struck. in the fucking face. <laughs> so good. Yeah, like Bashemi is like reduced to being an animal, right? And Bill Macy is reduced to being an animal. Like the, the their core is revealed. You know, like they're right. not. They they think of themselves as these highfalutin, you know, smart folks, but in fact. At the center, so is she. Well, isn't it the classic beast. thing, right? It's f- f- uh, fight or flight, right? And at that <laughs> specific moment, Buscemi is fight and yeah. uh, and Macy okay. is flight. So right? could you say exactly. that they right. are That's all exactly three right. the same characters? Yeah, different, different all, levels. Yeah, yeah they, did, she, they all have... Hem, Macy yeah. and Buscemi are all basically the same characters. But they are. Exactly what line. I was trying to get at. Yeah. Right. Right, I think it's brilliant, and I think because like I feel like she is people like she is revealed to her core, which is still human, but yes. she is shaken. She is deeply, deeply, deeply shaken by the events of the movie, um, and so it comes down to not her exterior personality, but the personality, like the world that her baby is going to be living in, like she, which is a very the Tommy Lee Jones event where it's just like, if this is where we're at, what the fuck is coming? Like this, like th- this is turning into a country I don't know, I don't understand anymore. You know, like a landscape I don't understand anymore, and uh, and it also makes me think of Big Lebowski because Big Lebowski also has an unresolved pregnancy uh, with Maud, uh, which is the Jeff Lebowski's baby, which is never born in the movie. But the cowboy says, "I'm just glad there's a little Lebowski on the way," and so that there's with uh, the scene with uh, Norm and Marge at the end. When uh, she's like, two more months, two more months, you know, and like mm-hmm. two more months, the baby's going to be born. And then the movie ends like the, there's a there's a weird like it it feels good, but kind of not quite scary. But you're like, that baby is going to be born into the world of the movie that I just saw. Mm. And that's a fucking crazy world. Like, right. there's there's the surface where everyone's super nice. But once you dig down, they are animals. And that's where that people being people trying to cover that over is what makes it dangerous. And uh, because the people that like Bill Macy snaps, loses it, gets his whole family killed, you know, minus his son, minus accordion King, super fan, number one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Steve, Buscemi. that's one of my posters for the show. I didn't get around today. Cause I, for the final it's uh, for the West polka, polka, polka. Yep. You might have heard our other song, Polka Polka Polka. That's <laughs> so good. But yeah, this this movie blew my mind when I saw it. And like just the like just judged on set pieces alone, like the the uh the car chase that ends up with the uh or the or the car, the pullover scene that ends up in the car chase that ends up in the in the in the triple murder is one mm-hmm. of the greatest things they have done in their entire career. And it's yeah. like it's it's like a it's, it's visionary. Especially the best part of it, honestly speaking, the brilliant part of it is him chasing those taillights Ugh. and then the taillights disappear Yeah, and wondering what happened to the car. Yeah, And then you, the brilliant part of it is not seeing the car crash. 
Yes. Yes. That's the perfect. Thing. Literally it's perfect. So good. Yeah. And like the because you just you hear this like like a little tiny like a little touch of a white bat sound, but that's it. And then we drive up over that hill and you see uh, the car is upside down, headlights in the snow. Like like you can't like there's I can't imagine I don't know. That's too big a statement. But like it is rare for me in today's mainstream cinema to see things that good. Like right. Like uh, the the way that this is normally shown is in a very TV way, which tells you literally what is happening all the time. Sometimes it's nicely shot, but it's basically very straightforward and spoon fed visuals. And then people talk about what happens. Whereas like what rewatching it, I was like, if like almost nothing about the plot is talked about, like the bad guys talk about what they're trying to do, but that's about it. Like everything else is solved visually is attacked visually. Like that's what you know, said before. That's what cinema is. Cinema isn't being on a big screen. Cinema isn't shooting in widescreen. Cinema isn't having letterbox or a pretty photograph. It's telling me stuff and telling me a story through the interconnected visuals that I'm seeing. Like I'm putting the story together myself and you can watch Fargo with the sound off. And it's still one of the great movies ever made. If I didn't understand what the fuck they were saying, I would still be mesmerized uh, by the movie. I want to hear those accents though, because that's the they're best great. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the cones um, are from that area, right? Right. They're from Minnesota. Right. So it's, they are lovingly making fun of that, uh, of that zone. And it also makes me think of uh, uh, a serious man, uh, another Coen brothers movie, which has the scene with uh, uh, another Asian uh, American Minnesotan, uh, which is, such an incredible scene the next door neighbor uh who uh the main character goes to talk to uh is the like the weird uh probably white supremacist and that guy's like trying to encroach upon the main character's land he's just like oh the property line's here so i'm taking that land right uh when the asian character shows up to talk to the main character of Serious Man, the white supremacist guy who was formerly against him looks at the Asian guy and says, is everything all right here? <laughs> it's like, right. it must be weird to live in the Midwest. <laughs> like when you have the racist white supremacist who hates you because you're a Jewish steps in to protect you from the Asian guy who he hates more. I was like, Oh man, the Coens. <laughs> the Coens have had quite an experience growing up there. <laughs> that is a wild landscape. No wonder why they made Fargo. <laughs> yeah. These... I suggest everybody watch the TV show because I, I I love it. It takes oh, a yeah, lot of these great. themes that we're talking about and it really is What did they mess stuff. up in the second season? I only watched episode one episode. It, and it doesn't okay. have the there's an oddity, I guess it's Fargoism that you know always keeps you guessing and there's a, a dark comedy to it they get too sentimental and it doesn't work for me but the guy who's the creator behind it i have the book of it in fact they sent me two by mistake sean uh, uh holly hold on a second yeah, yeah it's uh yeah yeah i know the guy the guy's name halsey hall holly noah holly noah holly the, yeah yeah and this is the book and they sent me two by mistake Oh yeah, and that. It, nice. it's I've read it uh, over and over, and it's basically the breakdown of all the seasons. Oh, that's, that's fantastic! Yeah, and, I gotta watch the rest of this. 
but the first and the second are genius. They are really great. The first and the third. First and the third. They captured yeah. the fourth. I couldn't watch. It was like getting catheters. I just yeah. it because there's a Fargoistic kind of thing where it's a, a really difficult thing to judge correctly. Yes, yeah. and it's a right. violence, but a humor, right. and you you like the characters. But the best one, the first one is very good. But the third one with Ewan McGregor playing two characters huh? is genius. Oh, I got to see this. I got to see this. He yeah, plays like... two brothers that are opposing. One's poor, mm -hmm. who, who's a parole officer, and one's a wealthy guy. Mm -hmm. And then they run into this guy, this famous British actor. Hold on, guys. Who is so effing good in this. Um, but I highly, highly recommend this, uh, the second one. So here's Ewan McGregor, the two different characters he plays. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Right? Oh, he's so good. Yeah. So a lot of oh, those kind of characters that you saw, uh, he's a banking guy, and he wants to borrow money, right? He wants to borrow money from his brother, mm -hmm. and he won't allow him. And it's just total control. And the one guy who's in it is, it's so genius. I, I You know, if you're going to start... Uh, this guy who plays Varga, I forget this character's name. A little closer. Uh, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember his name. He's English. He yeah. is so... Yeah, he's great. He's so good. So yeah. I, I, if you're going to start, start with the third one. I already watched the first season, which I liked a lot. And, go to the uh, third. Go to the third. Okay. Because and like the... Uh, it's, you, I, will, you won't stop it. I, I agree that so like, many times what's fascinating about the the movie and with the show as well from what i've seen is like what they do in the movie is actually incredibly hard to pull off without being mocking like uh i don't get the i don't get the sense that i mean i, I know that there are people that don't you know that are offended by the you know by the oh we don't really talk like this kind of sound like the like yeah, it, oh, wow. i think yeah i mean it's an accent and it's regional and it's, it is real it's like they heighten it for the movie but because they come from Minnesota to start with, like I, th they come at all of this, even the most harsh things in the movie. There's, they, you can still feel that they love the area and they love the people. Like this is real to them, and so like they're making light fun of what is true by heightening it slightly. But if they if they cross like the stuff that I started to watch from season two for Fargo, I was like, these guys don't get it. Like this is this isn't hitting the right tone and it's not, it doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't feel loving. It feels kind of mocking. And, uh, and then I, I sense the sentimentality that you, uh, that you bring right. up as well. Yeah. It's not like that in the third, they get right. back to it. The fourth, they, they fucking they throw TV it away. Right. You well, know, I'm... because they, they, it, I won't go into it, but the point is it becomes too, uh, they lose a, a sense of, everything just to, to it's almost becomes um like the irish and and the black mobs it's almost like a cliche yeah. right and right. the cones are above cliche right well they yeah because the cones deal in cliche all the time but the yes but it's, you so don't pick it up as cliche it. yes that's right yeah. they reinvent cliche so it doesn't right. come across as cliche it just right. comes across as a Fargo is yeah exactly because that. that's the genius of their stuff just generally speaking is that they because I'm actually a big fan of whatever it just just speaking generally like there's a there's a uh, in film Twitter there's sort of like there's an idea that tropes are bad right or cliches are bad when actually some of my favorite movies are quite cliche 
It's just that they're done well. And I think that people actually like good storytelling involves tropes and involves cliches, but the clicheness of it is the, is the challenge setting. The more cliche it is, the, the more new you better make it and the, and the more you have to invert it. Um, because if it falls short of that, then it's really bad. And it's a high stakes act to do the stuff that they do um, and have it land correctly. Uh, and you have to be as good as, as the, it's sort of like what I say about Westerns. I mean, like the only kind of Western you can get made today is the good kind, because there are so many shitty ones that people won't invest in making them anymore. Like it has to be the best script in the world with an incredible cast. Otherwise you don't get the money, you know? And, uh, and so it, it, it sort of refines itself because like, I've, I know all the Western tropes. And so you better deliver Unforgiven if you're going to fucking do it right. And these, that's what these guys do with Fargo. By the way, I just found out a piece of trivia that's hilarious. You guys would appreciate it. You know how he says 30 minutes and we got this, we'll wrap this thing up. Yes. It's 30 minutes left in the film. 30 minutes left in the film. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So fucking good, man. Yeah. This, this movie is spectacular. It obviously, it spawned a show. It spawned a movie that is a very good little movie called Kumiko Treasure Hunter. Kumiko the Treasure Hunter uh, about a, um it's a fictional movie about a japanese woman who uh is obsessed with fargo and goes to try to get the money that's buried because she thinks yes. it's real right yeah. because it starts off with this is a true story right and uh and what's really brilliant and another connection this might be our this might be a good transition moment is that just like on the cover of your book there the noah holly book is it says this is a true story and that's the opening credit of the movie is this is a true story names have been changed to uh out of respect for the dead right and none of the movie is true at all zero percent in fargo yeah. and it's all entirely made up you get their reasoning when you see no country for old men when uh, uh tommy lee jones uh, uh gives an example to um llewellyn's wife saying you know charlie hauser who lives out beyond yeah, so and so and he tells this whole story to her about like this guy he knows who got who accidentally shot himself because you know even though he's a pro he fucked it up and then later on she's like uh sheriff was that true about charlie walzer and he goes mm. who's charlie walzer oh uh uh well it's well, i mean it's true Maybe. it's a story <laughs> it's true it's, it's a true story yeah. <laughs> is that story true yeah it's true it's a story and that's what it is it's a true story it's a story <laughs> i told you the story that part's true that that's right the truth there's truth in this story that's true <laughs> but it is a story that is also true that's the right. genius of the cones though yeah yeah absolutely like i was thinking just through their filmography man i'm just like that, that <laughs> no country for old men is not even my favorite cohen brothers movie and it's one of the greatest films i've ever seen <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah really really mind-blowing how good these i mean you think about all the things they've done like we were just talking about hail caesar yeah i mean raising arizona it's had its amazing moments Uh, miller's crossing which i could literally recite to you i've no big lebowski i mean (laughs) big lebowski goddamn like everything and of course my my personal favorite inside lewin davis which is one of the greatest character movies that that has ever if not the greatest character movie ever then we just gotta pretend that lady killer never actually had which is their only not good movie. It's their only kind of shitty that's, studio That's movie. okay. Yeah. Because I will even go to bat with, uh, for, for uh, what do you call it, uh, Intolerable Cruelty, which is a good, funny movie. But uh, Lady Killers is just a, that's just a dud. That's their one dud. 
I watched it once and I was like, oh, there we go. Got got it off the list. <laughs> I love that. Blood simple. My God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Scruggs, which spawned Scruggsing it. Hudsucker yes. Proxy. Yep. An underrated movie. I think that's that that's low on people's lists often, but that's actually quite a funny. That's, that's a, a really, really good movie. movie. Yeah. A very good movie. That may be in their bottom third, but it's still still quick. True Grit. True Grit, one of my top three or four I like of all grit. time, man. Right. Flawless, flawless movie. Holy shit. Right. That's a, that's a guaranteed I prior forgot era, they I did it. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at what uh, Joel Cullen's director list right here. It's like Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink, The Hutsucker Proxy, Fargo, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother, Where Out Thou, The Man yep. Who Wasn't There, um, uh, the lady killers, uh, yep. the, the no country for old men, uh, burn after reading a serious man, true grit inside Louis David, Louis Davis, yeah, hail Caesar, the ballad of Buster Scruggs, and now the tragedy. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like they, they are, they have as a high, they have as good a batting average as anybody in the history of the film. There's almost yeah. nobody like them. Not many. Yeah. Not many people like them. No, I mean, yeah. there's almost, there's almost, there's oh, almost no, no one liked them. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, you got like Kubrick, maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. Kubrick's like, it, done some weird ones. Kubrick, Kubrick's first couple of movies are pretty good. And uh, Eyes Wide Shut, people debate. I love Eyes Wide Shut, but people debate about that one. Um, but everything in between is great. But he only has like maybe six, six, seven movies that are Kubrick movies. These guys have done like, how many is that? Like 10, uh, 12, uh, 13, 14 movies? One, two, more, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, Jesus, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Nineteen movies, and maybe I mean, I didn't count the shorts and stuff. Sure, but... they've done nineteen, nineteen fucking movies, nineteen movies, and maybe three of them are okay. Okay. And the rest are classics. <laughs> like, right. That's uh that's kind of outlandish. That's insane. I don't I can't think of anybody really who has has that, that many kind movies of, and they're and they're yeah. all incredible. That's that's really what's sad. also amazing about what they've done is their range mm -hmm. because it's now there's definitely something that's a Cohen Brothers film, but they can do comedy mm -hmm. to absolute tragedy oh yeah absolutely you know, and they can do everything in between right yep. and it's exactly you know you go from no country and true grit and then mm -hmm. you do like raising arizona and big lebowski right oh like, yeah like, <laughs> like the thing is like true grit is this magnificent crowd-pleasing like total studio western Right. Uh, like absolute soup to nuts. Like that's like, that's as likable as they could possibly make a movie. And, uh, and it plays, plays, plays to a nice big broad audience, Western, everybody loves it. And even then I'm like, you can watch that a million times because there's so much rich detail and attention paid to the characters. It's just incredible. Like there's, there's, there's an infinite, it's like, you can just, it's like looking at, it's like a camera and looking at the, at the, uh, the, the point list painting in Ferris Bueller, where you're like, no matter how deep you look, you see more. <laughs> right. You know? And it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. And uh, and they often do, like you're saying, like they often mix like comedy, tragedy, and all in the same movie. And they're able to right. just sort of like just go over they want to wherever they want to go. They just go there. 
like that's it's really something i was i was a big fan of um ethan cohen's Macbeth. uh i think that it is not only underrated it's sort of misunderstood um but i'm interested to see what his next movie is going to be which i think is a little more a little more cohen brothersy feeling mm. uh, because i think people are still like have we is the cohen magic over you know and uh as we said with buster i haven't, haven't gotten there yet buster scruggs is pretty freaking good man well that's like buster scruggs i'm laying money on it that's the last time they work together oh really it. yeah why i definitely i definitely think so i think that's because uh was it i can't remember which one which one's which but like joel i think joel cohen's the ones like i don't want to make movies anymore I'm, I'm taking a break. But isn't he producing now? He's still producing. Though. He's he actually he uh, he's, he's married to he's the one that's married to, to McDormand. Yeah. yeah, and uh, since and, 1984 they've been married. Yeah, they oh, met on crap. Blood Simple, I think. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and so and she shows up like all over, like she has these little bit parts all over the place in the movies even early. Um, but yeah, he he uh, he basically said like I I want to do stage stuff. I want to write for stage and direct for stage. So I don't really I, I'm a little tired of making movies. Um, and so Ethan's going on, going ahead and making and continuing to make movies, um, but I may or may not be back. And you can you watch Buster Scruggs with that in mind. Like that is clearly a swan song movie. Like every single story relates to their view of professionalism, their view of working relationships, uh, and their view of their relationship to the audience and what stories mean. And like every single every single story, you just go like. So this is how they feel about working together. This is how they feel about the audience. This is how they feel about the fact that they're old, that they're in their late sixties now. And, you know, that's at the end of the road, you know, and all that stuff comes super clear. Once you go, what if this is their last movie? And, uh, and then it's actually very, it's a very moving film, especially the last one where it's basically carriage ride to death, the carriage ride to death. Yeah. Yeah. And the, there's the, the two assassins uh, that are riding with the three, you know, passengers and the two assassins go into this whole routine about how they, uh, you know, they've worked together for a very long time. And, you know, I just love, you know, I do all the talking and he does all the, the, the walloping. And, uh, and, you know, we do this just to see what, how the people react when, you know, we, sh when we, when they realize who we are and they're talking about the audience flat out. They're just like, why do we make movies? Because we like watching how the audience reacts to what we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is the joy for us, and it's really it's a very powerful movie once you see it from that perspective. And it's a it's a brilliantly funny movie, but like a very very sad, really really great. Yeah. All right. So now it's time uh, for an ad, and then we talk no country. You want to do that? Okay, we'll do an ad. I'll just do a, a, a wah, wah. one minute ad, and we're <laughs> no going to talk about country. No country, no country for old men in the West. Look at that man. He's old and tired like a sagebrush. He's riding. Was that a horse? Yeah. Or this. It goes like this. A brush or heads or tails. You know, it's always that kind of trauma. Uh, Looking for a man who's once drunk milk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to just to remind everyone, obviously, uh, we do uh, appreciate uh, anyone who supports us. And Twitch is always welcome that you guys can uh, subscribe to us on Twitch. Uh, if you, many of you who are on the podcast today are already subscribers. And so therefore, thank you. And if you are a subscriber, uh, you get access to special sections on our Discord. And I'm going to go ahead and put our Discord um, 
link in here so you guys can go ahead and join our discord uh while you are um waiting yep so i'm gonna do that so you see that and then you can do that during the ad portion as well uh but yes you can also if you are a prime subscriber you uh, if you subscribe to prime you can actually give one twitch subscription for free every month and we would appreciate it if you chose us to be that free subscription but for now we're doing one quick ad we'll be back in one minute and then we'll be talking about no country for old men so and uh, subscribers will uh, not see an ad and they will hear us continue to chat about stuff uh, so that's another incentive to spend that Amazon sub on us. So you get to hear all the nonsense we talk when we're hidden behind the tequila ads. Yeah, go. it's, it's still spinning. I don't know if anyone's actually seeing an ad at this point. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. So <clears throat> TikTok, we'll be right back. Twitch, <laughs> Twitch is acting weird. Like today's been a kind of a, 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 a random day, man. I'm sorry about it. All that oh, okay. so lost internet at the house uh briefly uh okay. which uh, yeah that's that's why we lost our twitch stream because the internet went out for like five Hot seconds oh here uh, speaking of i'm you're gonna lose my camera for one second i just gotta go get my phone okay all right uh before we go chris we're not going anywhere we're staying here what's up what's your question eric no question. If you can guess my temp. Oh, what's your temp? I'm guessing. Uh, I'm going one hundred point nine. Nope. Ninety nine point three. I was going down. Thanks to yeah, Michelob yeah. Ultra. It oh. brings down the fever. Well, okay. Are you going to ear temperature or the uh, oral? Ear. Uh, it's rectal, and I'll do in front of everybody. No, yeah. it's 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 ear temperature. Nice, okay. like that. Pretty good deal. You're drinking a Michelob Ultra. Ultra Light. Nice. I that love it. Pretty much water. That's it's, delicious. Perfect on a sunny day. I love. Yeah. I love trash beer, man. I'm a trash big trash beer, beer fan. And you know what? I like trash beer with ice. Oh God. I am looking forward to when I go to Mexico. I'm going to go to Mexico. Mexico, <laughs> Mexico uh, was a disaster, says Bill Murray. Mexico, Bill Murray for Edward. <laughs> when I was in Mexico, Mexico was, Paris, was a disaster. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to to Coronas. Coronas oh, yeah. in the heat is That's great. It's designed for man. That's what. And I, I also like. like it. They make the teeny little bottles of Corona, the little yeah. ones. The, little pun, the ponies, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. And micheladas are delicious oh, they are i didn't even realize the genius of michelada man they like I, I was eric like, what have you ever had a michelada because oh, i think no. you would really like it, it sounds like some sort of like gardening fertilizer what is it yes no, it's it is not yeah. it, it is, is basically terrible. it's basically a mexican bloody mary but instead of vodka they put uh, uh beer in there and it's and yeah, I know it, it is, sounds bad. It, it no. is Amazing. so delicious and refreshing. And there's not that much alcohol in it because it's pretty much just half a beer with a lot of tomato juice and spices. But it is so good. And it's like the unbelievably refreshing. That's unbelievably. it. I'm, getting, I'm, I'm going to get, get mine right now. I'll be right back. You really? Is that what you're going to do? Okay. All right, we're back, by the way. And we got to talk about No Country. Where is No Country for Old Men supposed to take place? uh is it in texas yeah because it looks like it's new mexico i mean it's definitely shot in new mexico it has to be really yeah why uh, it just looks like it what do you mean 
it just looks like it looks like texas no it looks like there's no mountains in texas down by the border uh yeah it's new mexico at least half of it was was shot in new mexico around santa Fe, albuquerque and las vegas new mexico yeah huh uh, yeah are you sure about that positive because one two reasons um my dad lives in new mexico so i go there all the time uh it was not shot in west texas it was in new mexico actually looking at it but i think it's supposed to take place in west texas right so it's supposed to take place around uh, alladale uh, uh, that kind of area right in west texas um, down in west texas and um, right um and um but new mexico also has uh the coen brothers have shot a lot of stuff in new mexico uh, because there's some tax incentives to do that. Yeah. Of course. The uh, land Texas, of incentives. Texas now has some incentives too, which is why there's a little you bit You guys come down here with your incentives. No, no. We don't like it. Get on out of here. Tax you breaks film, for you, you pay for a film, you pay for a film. This is the stuff. That's what they did with Giant. What you're going to do now with your film. It's a michelada, and that is a. Uh, you take a your micheladas and get on out of here. I should definitely get that. <laughs> oh, okay. this is the, this is, uh, you know what my voice is good for? What's that? <laughs> okay, hot shot. We'll see what kind of soldier you make. <laughs> it's perfect. Listen to that. It's perfect. Between, uh, between that and uh, okay, my car talk voice, Ra- raising show. New Mexico sounds dumb. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe, uh, yeah, McMonkey Man is the one. Would you buy a furniture? Unpainted Huffines. <laughs> I don't know. With all the Yodas and shit on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to. I want to give a shout out to my, uh, my McMonkey Man who introduced me to uh, athletic non-alcoholic, uh, and this is the Chalada Nada. Uh, which I highly recommend. It's the great, it's non-alcoholic. I mean, it has like a little tiny bit of alcohol in it, but basically 0.5. And it is an excellent, uh, uh, it's a lot of sub, sub, it's good. It's really good. Probably. Can you get that on the Amazons or whatever? Because you probably can. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's no, there's not enough alcohol in there. Yeah. I, I ordered directly from their site, but I'm actually seeing it in. It's called Chalada Nalala. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Michelada is the drink that you order. Uh, or chalada, and uh, and here it is the chalada nada from Athletic. We are not supported by Athletic. This is just me ranting. I love it. Okay, so, cheers to you. All right, so mm. we've already established since you were going to get your michelada did. Uh, no country for men was shot in New Mexico, but it's supposed to take place in West Texas. Yes. Yep. Right. So it's supposed to be like the border. The border is supposed to be El Paso area, right? Yeah, it's like um, Marfa. Actually, part of it was shot in Marfa, I believe. Uh, so there's because um, they were shooting at the same because wasn't uh, yeah it wasn't um, uh, there will be blood was shooting nope. at the same time and I think that was also in Marfa. Yes, there will and be there... blood will, will was shot there. Okay, so yeah, because they were actually very they were shooting very close to each other and they uh, and uh, there will be bloods like big smoky fire uh, sequence like got in the way of uh, no countries shoot. Uh, because the skies were just filled with black tire smoke, essentially. And they had to shut yeah, down. and then the other scenes were, yes, you're right, Marfa and Sanderson. Yeah, there you go. What did they do to settle that? I, I think that, I think they were fine. You know, like that, there wasn't like a... You it was know, like a shootout? Yeah, well, I mean, also, there was a shootout, but it was more of just in fun. Yeah, it's very good. But yes, no country for old men. Oh, come on. You want to come on? All right, come on. who wants to dive into this one, story-wise? Damn, 
Oh, All right. Well. I was going to get another drink too, but go. <laughs> All right. Um, it is about three people. There it is, is about three people. Yes. Llewellyn Moss, who is played by Josh Brolin, uh, yes. who Thanos. is just sort of a, <laughs> I don't know, like he does jobs. You know, he's just sort of like a. I had thought uh, when, it first, when the movie wife. first started, I thought you know? he was a, a sheriff oh, or a cop. He's a welder. Go ahead. Say again. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, I just okay. thought uh, when it When it first started, I thought he was uh, a cop or some kind, but he's not. Yeah, he's, just, he's a welder. Yeah, he's a welder. He does that's odd right, That's right. That's right. right. They ask him what kind of stuff he does. He's a welder. Raised. Raised. What I say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it takes place it takes place in 1980. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you have uh, Llewellyn Moss. You have uh, uh, Sheriff Ed Tom Bell, played by Tommy Lee Jones, um, uh, who is uh uh, trying to who stop also shows up way late in the movie shows up Again. very late in the movie yeah exactly just like Fargo and you have the killer played by uh, uh, Javier Bardem named Anton Sugar and it right. is based it is based on the Cormac McCarthy novel with the same name and apparently it's very it's uh, very close to the novel I I have read the novel when this came out and I can't remember differences anyway um, and uh, Llewellyn Moss, uh, while out hunting one day, uh, uh, finds a dead body with a whole pile of cash in a in a in a little more than one dead body. He found well, a yeah, he finds of dead, yeah, he finds dead a shitload of dead bodies. Yeah, first he finds uh, about, and the, yeah, but he finds he finds is is uh, you put it together pretty quickly like a drug deal gone wrong and he's yes. there at the aftermath right yeah he's mm-hmm. like he, it's out in the middle of nowhere you see like there's like 10 trucks uh all shot to hell with bullet holes shotguns including some dogs and a yep. bunch of dead dogs yeah like all sorts of stuff there's pit bulls dr- specifically dr- yeah. pit bulls there's drugs uh, packages of drugs just sitting there under a tarp in one truck um and and one uh, one guy is left alive, but he's almost dead. And Lewin finds him in the trunk, the truck, uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, in the car. He opens up the door, sees the dude. The dude's just asking for water. He's so far gone. He's like agua, agua, and he's like, I I told you I ain't got no agua. And he basically just decides to like these are drug dealers. Fuck these guys. Guy's gonna die before I can get anything done about it. I'm gonna leave it to the cops and leaves. Uh, and he sees a dog limping in the distance where that was shot follows the blood trail of the dog and in the distance beyond the dog he sees uh, another dead body and that body has a suitcase filled with a million plus dollars in it. It's the and same suitcase from Fargo. Two million. Yeah, basically <laughs> it's the same suitcase from Fargo. Uh, two million bucks, yeah. Um, he decides to take this suitcase home uh, and he's like, I'm going to use this to uh, get me and my Retire. wife yeah, it, we're going to be retired and safe and sound. All the drug dealers are gone. No problems. Spoiler alert, problems. Yeah. <laughs> because the person who is hired to deal with all of this is Anton Schgur, who is a, an assassin in the way that he's first a serial killer maniac who has realized he could probably make some extra money on the side by also killing people professionally. But he is, number one, a maniacal killer. A soulless, yeah. morality-free 
uh, murder. Serial killer. He serial definitely killer. feels like a serial killer. Yeah, he is like he he does he does uh like he's a psychopath. He's, he's a psychopath, and he like he will kill people for money or not. He's just going to end up killing people. Um, and so uh, when he is introduced, he is introduced as this creepy haircutted strange man who carries a uh a steel like scuba tank with him with an airline that goes to a little metal uh grip he presses a button and out of the grip fires a uh steel dart and this is used to kill cattle with he presses up against the cattle's head and it kills him no problem um but he uses this on people and he uses this to open doors like this is his modus operandi this that's is why he gets his, that's that's his, his thing. thing. Right. That's a, that's his special special gift. I think the reason he likes it is because it doesn't leave any traces. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it also it, it, it creates a confusion among the victims. Right. Like, like especially when he kills that guy. He's like, can you put hold your hold still? I'm gonna put this against you. What your is head. that thing? What is that what there? What is that? Yeah, just stay still for a moment, sir. Thunk. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and so he is a he is almost not a person, but rather a force, right? And yeah. he is going through the movie methodically. And eventually, you assume he's going to come into a confrontation with Llewellyn Moss, Josh uh, Brolin, mm-hmm. um, and Josh Brolin, as he is trying to get away with the money and like hide his wife in Odessa and like doing all this stuff to try to get. Like Josh Brolin is actually quite smart in this movie in a way that most he is a soldier. Yeah, like he is he's really acting smartly to try to get get away clean. And he's not like Steve Buscemi. Like he is like he's got his shit together. This is a smart guy. Uh yeah. And and if he weren't up against Javier Bardem, he might have a chance. Uh and as the bodies pile up, they're investigated by Tommy Lee Jones. And Tommy Lee Jones in uh as ed tom bell is more and more confused by the craziness of these murders like he's like how am i supposed to continue being a cop when i don't even understand how people are acting like i'm a little lost so i think the best i can do is try to save llewellyn like i want to try to save llewellyn from being murdered by the maniac who is after him and uh in the end, this all goes very poorly because uh, Anton Chigurh is not caught. He is not stopped. He gets away. Um, he does succeed in killing literally everybody, uh, including Llewellyn's wife. The one person he doesn't kill is Llewellyn because Llewellyn is killed mm. by the drug dealers he stole the money from. And he's killed off screen by a plot that he didn't think that he was even remotely involved in. Uh, and so the movie ends on this profoundly and intentionally unsatisfying note where evil obviously continues in the world. The sheriff was powerless to stop it. And even the one competent good guy who is trying to do well for his family is murdered by forces he had no control over. And, and that's his why, wife is killed too. And his wife is killed too. <laughs> and uh, and you start to see the eater, the evil spread even deeper into the landscape at the end of the film. And that's why it's called No Country for Old Men. So that was a pretty good sum up. That's it. That was that's a very it. quick sum up. 
Here we um, go. Now the details. What I think is amazing about the film was what I didn't realize it until I watched it. It's like you think this movie is about Josh Brolin, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's about Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. It is the going through the journey that he's going through. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because even that, like Josh Brolin, he's killed not at the end of the movie, but it's still there's a lot more movies. It's like another half hour, killed. exactly. Yeah. Half hour. And you realize, yeah. like, oh wait, I've been following this. I thought that is he gonna get away with it and right. get the money? Right? You're as mixed up in Llewellyn's plot as Llewellyn is. Like you're yeah. assuming he's the main character because he's the guy you're paying attention to. But in fact, well, he's the one with the money. He's the one with the fucking money. Right? It's right. gotta be the main guy. But actually, but here's the thing I never really understood. Okay, mm-hmm. so you, you also have you, you have him, you have also uh, uh, Woody Harrelson's in it too, right? Mm-hmm. Who's warning Llewellyn, tell, just tell me where the money is because I, if you have no idea how crazy Anton Sugar is, just give me the fucking money, I'll take care of him, and you're <sighs> and you're home free. You don't get the money, but you're not going to be killed, right? So, who would I don't think it's ever really quite explained. And maybe that's the problem, right? Like the drug dealers are Mexican drug dealers, mm-hmm. right? And that's what started the whole thing, the, the scene in the, obviously with the death and everyone else. Right. There's a bunch of money. What is Javier Bardem, where, who, who hired him? Javier Bardem, there's two forces at work. One is the actual uh, cartel people, right? right? And the cartel people... Uh, are the ones who end up killing Llewellyn, right? They right. want they want their drugs back. They want their either the drugs or the, or money, the money or both, right? They want it all back. The other forces are um, what's the guy, who, the office space guy? What's his name? Um, who oh, every time he sh- uh, Stephen Root, Stephen Root, Stephen um, Root is the representative of the other side, who initially hired Shiger to uh, to deal with the problem. But now Shiger is a mistake. Like you're just like this is getting dangerously out of control. Like, so 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 Stephen Root hired Shiger. I believe he initially hired. But Chigurh. what is what? Why did he hire Shiger? Like the, is Stephen Root find part the of money. the cartel, or does he yeah, know? No, how he, does he know about the a, money? No, be, no, because he had like the 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 money was initially Stephen Root's. The oh. drugs are the Mexican cartels, and so. Uh, like the Mexican cartel wants both, obviously, because they're a cartel. Uh, but Stephen Root wants the money back because that is his money that he made through being a major banker and investor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he initially, he was just like, I need someone to take care of the problem of the lost money. I hear this guy is good. I'll hire Anton Chigurh. Okay. Anton Chigurh comes on the scene and within just a few go-rounds is obviously... The loosest of loose cannons like and now he's like i made a mistake i need to hire woody harrelson like to clean this mess up this guy's a fucking maniac he's told killed two of my guys who are just trying to help him out you know like this is this is bad this is a deal gone wrong and uh and then he hires woody harrelson how well do you know sugar uh and can you stop him he's like yeah he's a psychopathic killer but that's no problem right um, obviously he's not good enough to go up against Shigur. Shigur kills him and kills Steven Root. Um, and Shigur is in it for entirely other reasons. Like, his, he is in it for his own sense of morality. Like, the money is sort of incidental. Like, he is hired to do a thing. He's going to do that thing. He's going to do it the way he's going to do it and kill people in the way because that's what he really loves. 
like that's the joy that he brings is bringing the randomness of death to people and every the business deal is entirely incidental uh and that's why he's a maniac as opposed to woody harrelson who is a professional assassin who just wants to make a deal like he doesn't yeah. want to have to kill anybody he well he'll kill kill someone for the money but he's yeah. not going to do it if he can just you know like he'll help llewellyn out i don't have to i don't have to kill llewellyn you know i just need to get the money back that's my only job and even then you know his clear-mindedness does not win the day uh but i agree it's unclear in fact it's it's also possible that the Mexican cartel hired sugar, sugar, but I don't think that's true. Um, I believe that it's Stephen Root the whole time. Like he wants the fucking money. So basically Stephen Root was making a deal with the Mexican cartel and then shit went down. Now he probably tried to screw them over and, uh, and shit went down. Everything went south. Money, right. The money's fucking gone. Like it already went, like it's already a bad deal and he and the cartel are enemies to start with. Um, uh, but uh, like it's still business at the beginning of the movie, but by the end of the movie, it's it's, it's total it's chaos. Mad, it's madness, <laughs> exactly. So it is like Fun I said, it, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. So yeah, like it's like they don't they don't detail it very thoroughly on purpose. Like Sugar never uh like says who he's working for, for instance. But he is working with the two. There's two guys that he kills. Then when he's like, uh, give me a Scroogey, that scene. Uh, he kills the two guys when they, they go out to investigate the the uh, 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 crime scene. Pardon mm-hmm. me. And uh, and those two guys are raw Texan, and so I assume that that means they're working with um, um, with Stephen Root. Oh, Stephen Root. Yeah, he, they, it fits in more with that that crowd. Right, and that's the one when when when. Um... Tommy Lee Jones goes to see. He's like, these are old and these are fresher bodies. Yeah, because like, there's that. multiple levels of yeah. Like this is a this is a deal going wrong in the extreme. A lot of people stumbled on this scene and looked at it before anything actually. <laughs> yeah, it's a total fucking. It's a shit show from the get go. So, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that is, yeah, yeah. That is the scene. And so, like, <clears throat> everything that happens in the movie is really about like the the actual plot of the movie. Like you're saying is not is not the plot like the the story of the movie is not the plot the plot is the thing that is giving you examples that tommy lee jones is wrestling with you know right but because the plot is so much fun and how lou ellen's dealing with it and you get this mixed up in the the emotion of it of trying to beat the bad guy as lou ellen is which is lou ellen's mistake you know and right. if he if he had not if he hadn't done that he would have been smart and uh, he might have lived. Um, but instead, it's about Tommy Lee Jones um, on basically his last job. The, the job that breaks his spiritual back mm, is yeah. like, this is such madness. I can't do it anymore. And I don't know what else to do if I don't do this. Mm. And, uh, and things have only gotten worse and worse and worse and worse as I've been a sheriff. Uh, and this is the end of the road for me, and I don't know what to expect. Um, and uh, and the way the movie treats death says you should expect nothing. Like there's no there's no afterlife for you. There's no golden reward for being a good person. It's just going to be over. And uh, and that's why the ending of the movie, which is particularly brilliant, is a cut to black. And you know, he is completely confused. 
um, because that's the end of his life. Like you don't get any reward. All this, all that's a bunch of stories. Or as you brought up before, when his uncle says, you know, uh, uh, that's vanity. You know, he's yeah, just like, yeah. you know, and it's not all waiting on you. That's vanity. Yeah, like, don't don't trick yourself. <laughs> you're not a special person. You're not the hero of a story. All that's made up. You're yeah. lucky you get out with your with life at all. And it's one of the bleakest movies I've ever seen in that regard. It's it's so it's all it's virtually cruel in what it says to the audience, and it's magnificent. That's the sum up. Well, it it is definitely a powerful film. Uh, there's some amazing parts in it that we can get through some of the details in it. Um, but the thing that I think, you know, surprisingly, like some hidden areas, like his wife is really good. Um, that's mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the actor is fantastic. I can't remember her name. McDonald, something McDonald. Right. Yeah, she's terrific. Uh, she was also in Gr Gosford Park. Remember her? She was the main mm. girl in Gosford Park. Uh, her name is Kelly McDonald. Um, her yeah. Texas accent was slightly overdone. She is Irish. Scottish. Scottish. <laughs> I'm sorry. She is Scottish. And her natural accent is so strong. Very it's Scottish. A, it's incredible that she doesn't let that slip through like you're like right. okay it's a slightly but like then they they also have her mom and her mom's even more sort of caricaturized as a texan mm. just like you know how many people i know in uh, el paso this many you know this kind of stuff right. um and so that sort of like balances it out but like i'm amazed she did she delivers a great performance you can like it's a little overcorrected, but i can't hear any of her natural accent in that thing like, no it's, it's just stunning. it's just like overdone Texas. Yeah, it's, no, little, it's not it's a a bad. Yeah. Like for example, like Tommy Lee Jones's Texas accent is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and same for Josh Brolin, which who I think may have grown up grown up there. I'm not really sure. Okay. But those Did guys really? have an easy have the easy drawl and they and it's they got that down pat. I think the reason I thought that Tommy Lee Jones that, sorry that Josh Brolin was uh the um a police officer is because it opens up with a off a narration, a voiceover of Tommy Lee Jones, right? Yeah, right. Who you don't actually meet until way later in the movie. Deep in the movie, yeah, exactly. It's true. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that and the and that opening narration is incredible when yeah, he's just saying like, you know, the, there is the old timers. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. I'm I'm the son of a cop. And none of us wore guns. Like we didn't like, you know, it used to be, you know, everyone could trust each other. Um, but things have been getting crazier and crazier and crazier. It tells a story about like, you know, I, I put this guy in jail, you know, send the electric chair for killing a 14 year old girl. And when I talked to him about it, he said, he'd do it again. Like, you know, I just don't understand that. I like, I don't want to push my chips forward against something I don't understand. And then right. he's, and then this movie is about the thing he does not understand. Like it's just beyond, uh, beyond anything he has seen, and he no longer knows what the world means. Yeah, and uh, and Llewellyn Moss is just caught in the moment all the time, 
and he's like i'm a smart guy i'll figure this shit out and he's sort of like like if tommy lee jones and anton chigurh are almost like greek gods you know they're they're ideals like here is morality and order with tommy lee jones and here's chaos and disorder with uh chigurh and in the middle is man like is is mankind and mankind is is llewellyn like smart guy trying to do well doesn't have a lot of money not a lot of resources but he'll fucking he'll make it through well and smart and in the end he's fucked <laughs> like and he's yeah. and he's and he's blindsided we're blindsided which yeah, is one of, it's not even it's not even sugar who gets him it's not even sugar gets him you know yeah. it's the and stupidity of life right it, it's, it's like mindlessness the fucking morons and you know who gives him up is the mother yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get the information from her. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. I don't see no Mexicans dressed in suits a yeah. lot. And it's just oh, like, I know El Paso well. So well. <laughs> and, and she basically gives up her son. Yep. Doesn't even Without know. even knowing it. The naivete. naivety. It, yeah. uh, it's just Was it his mother or is it her mother? Her that's mother. A, that's the her point mother. Is, yeah. is so it's his mother in law. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, and she's so, like, she's just concerned with her own shit and hates oh, Llewellyn. Yeah. And, Most yeah, mothers aren't my, like that, but yes. yeah, like she, she, she's like, I hate you for taking my baby away, and and uh, I'm, I'll, I won't even think about betraying you because she doesn't even, it doesn't even occur to her that she's betraying him. Like she's just like, she oh, that fucking what's asshole. What. Here she doesn't exactly. know what's no idea. What. Exactly. Guys, give me one second. I'm gonna yeah, step out. I'm gonna refresh my our new sponsor, <clears throat> Ultra, Michelob. 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 Yeah, uh, McMonkey Man also noted that uh, the uh, she was also the teenage girl that he ends up sleeping with in uh, Transpotting. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! You remember Whoa. that? Whoa! Yeah. Wow. No, I didn't. I I did not recall that at all, Senator. Yep. Yeah. That's wild. I I haven't seen Transpotting in quite some time. I have to go back to that one. That's a good. Man. I totally. I forgot about that. I did. I did actually know that that she was the girl that that right. you know. Wakes up with her in the morning and she's putting on her schoolgirl outfit and yeah. like, wait a minute, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's a great actor. Like, she's one of those <clears throat> actors where you're just like, I feel like she should be a bigger name in the business. Like every time I see her, she's great. Uh, but she's does you know what she does? I, yes, she's a good actor, but she's always good for exhibition and for revelation, right? Mm -hmm, and she right. does she does the same thing, and and she does a. Gosford Park is, an, is a perfect mm. example, right? She is the hero of the story. Yep. But really, what is she there? She is the surrogate for the audience that's trying yep. to figure out what the hell's going on, right? Yep. Yep. And so she does the same thing in, in the country when he's like trying to get her to flip the coin. And he's mm -hmm. like, she's like, why? Yeah. She is the hero of No Country for Old Men. Oh, she definitely is. She's the Absolutely. one who's like, fuck no. You know? Yeah. The coin Her mom don't died, have right? no stay. Yeah. Yeah. The coin don't have no say. Like that is, it's a total rebuke to sugar to the point where like, to the point where he's pissed off because yeah. most people beg for their life and yeah. she doesn't. Who the fuck are you to stand in my way? I'm I'm chaos. I She's choose like, the dest the destination of my life, not nope. you, <laughs> and not the coin. Yeah, like she may get killed, but she wins the film. Like, and the thing is, right. like that's as bleak as the movie. Like Tommy Lee Jones's uh, story. Like he ends on the like he can't solve it. He doesn't know what it's about and he's lost. And that's the end of his story. And he's the main character. And that's why the film is bleak. She is the reason why the movie is not misanthropic. Like she is, she gives you the secret answer. Like it is worthwhile 
life is good. People are, are, you know, are good and want to be good. However, you have to choose it. Like, like that's like, she is the, she's the one active character who isn't running. Uh, like she is like, everyone else is chasing everybody else around. And in the end of the movie, she stands firm for what she believes and pays for it. But that, that she gives meaning. She's the rock on which the meaning of the movie is based. You know, right. Tommy Lee Jones, the end may be lost and he may have lost his soul in the, the story, but uh, the audience and the, uh, the Coens and the audience know that there is a, uh, that there is a hero, even if he, if he doesn't. Uh, I, I was going to say, like, um, there's another movie she's in. I just looked it up. Another movie she's in that I totally forgot, which is arguably, I think, her best performance. And if you don't remember, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Have you seen mm -hmm. Choke? Oh, yeah, that's right. No, I like Choke. Choke's pretty remember, good. She's the girl in Choke that turns him around. Yeah, and she's really good. She's really she's, good. She's really good in that film. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty good movie. And she's she's the greatest part of that, of that movie, easily. Yes. Very good. Choke's movie. pretty damn good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Because it's but got, you know, what's his name in it? Who's always... Uh, uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam yeah. Rockwell, who's, yeah. you know... He's he's a joy even in bad movies. That guy's just tip-top. Yeah. But yeah, like, I would say that she is the most... He's like, he's he, he's what makes uh, um, uh, Iron Man too tolerable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's got his shit together, that guy. Yeah, he's one of those where, like, even if, like, even if the movie is, like, meh, I'll be like, there's still some... There's still some Rockwell left in this thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll Which stick movie? around. Oh, I'm just talking about Sam Rockwell in general, uh, because uh, uh, Sam Rockwell's movie Choke, which is a pretty good movie, um, also stars um, the wife from No Country for Old Men, and oh. she's really great in that movie. She's really notably great. Kelly I gotta McDonald. say, as I Kelly was McDonald. taking a quick break to get another Ultra, Nicola Ultra, Ultra. Yeah, it's very good, by the way. It's very flavorful. Um, I love good cheap beer like that. I love it. Uh, you McMonkey that, enjoy a lot of that kind of beer. It's really hard. You think I was thinking coming down the stairs, like it's so freaking hard to make great movies, and these guys just nail it, like after and after. Flawless. It's like it's, it's yeah. so it's that's kind of they make it seem easy, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal, dude. Like I have to say, like if, I mean, we said like Fargo has great set piece scenes, but No Country for Old Men is wall to wall iconic yeah. shit. <laughs> no, but that's what's his name who I love. That's Deacon Oh no, not not just I mean Deacons also is part of it, but just the scenes themselves, like the fucking uh the dude at the gas station, you know, the oh, the, right. uh, the coin what toss. Do I stand to get out of here? Yeah, um it's just like there's it's just scene after scene where you're just like what do oh, I this get is out also of fantastic and this is also fantastic. The chase with the fucking dog in the river is fantastic. Oh. Like everything, everything is oh perfect. my god. It's relentless, it's relentless. This movie starts great and only gets greater uh, the further it goes on. And then it has the balls to kill off the character you're following as if it's not even important. Because <laughs> like, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> Why isn't it important? Well, well because, the, because he's not the hero of the story. He's not the point. He's not, he's not he's the, not the, the, point, the point of the story is Tommy Lee Jones, not him yeah. making, getting exactly. away with yeah. the money. Yeah. And it's in like, fact, a, in fact, his death in itself is actually supposed to be like it's supposed to remind you like oh shit even this is pointless yeah what the That's fuck was the whole... paying attention to that for well yeah, i've been exactly. paying attention for two hours for this damn thing <laughs> and he's killed 
and we're not even done with the movie. Yeah, exactly. What, what's going on? What why, why am I? Why? And and it's horrible. And the girl and the wife's about to die. Everyone's no. like, and it still just keeps going and going. And you and don't going. get to see her die either. Like you, you know that she dies, but like he doesn't. They don't give you the satisfaction of. I kind of like that though because oh, she great. said, "I'm not going to give you that." It's like yeah, fuck yeah, we, you. Yeah, um, and then I'm the movie doesn't give you a heads that. or tails. Yeah, exactly. Right. I love yeah. that. Oh, it's well, that's what that was the strong one of the strongest characters. This is yeah, well, we were just not, talking about while you're yeah, getting your Michelob she is the hero. She is the hero, <laughs> she's of, the the hero of the film, yeah, yeah, like that. She's the one who stands and up. not the grandmother or the mother. <laughs> yeah. she, the mother. That moron mom. just gave away everything. God, yeah, it's bad. Drown but her like, at the river. I think that the because uh, the 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 other uh, the other heroic character to me in this movie, it's a very small part, but it's Tommy Lee Jones's wife. Who's got her shit together? Oh, yeah, like, totally got her shit together. Yeah, she's just like I'm. You better gotta figure out something how to do. I'm not gonna stick around with you all day. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna exactly. Yeah, it's the best one. He's like, but now that he's retired, and uh, she's like, well, you're retired. You can do anything you want. Well, maybe I can hang out with you. And she's like, fuck no. no. <laughs> I got plenty of shit to do. You know, right. you're the one who has to figure your, figure your act out. I'm fine. Yeah, and like like even just the little glimpses you get of her and like the way that she sends them off like when she says don't get hurt don't hurt no one i'm just like it's like these are truths <laughs> like she's like she comes out and just lays it out and still he doesn't understand he's married to truth and he doesn't understand the truth like he's lost in the world it's amazing to me and uh and and for for tommy tommy lee jones is like a, one of my all-time favorite actors obviously but there is no Tommy Lee Jones performance like Sheriff Ed Tom Bell. Like that is, that is so much like if he never did anything else in his life, that's his Hannibal Lecter. That's his Spock. <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's all we needed. You were flawless. Go and, you know, be rich and, you know, ranch cattle or whatever you do at this great time. It's just, just incredible. Yeah. I think the, the, there's, uh, some of the best high tension scenes in the hotel room. Oh my God. The yep. sound effects is alone. Like the sound yeah. design. Yep. Like just incredible. Like, like if when, he, when he opens the bolts of the doors, it's like, uh, that entire sequence, like through the street fight, through everything. Like I, if you were to like, you know, I don't have great feelings about say film school. I think film school was largely a waste of money. But if you were to teach a film school class, what else do you do but play that scene for people and then say, well, that's it. That's all you got to do. Do this. This is how to do things. <laughs> like, here you are. You want to shoot a scene properly? That's how to do it. You want to build tension? That's how to do it. You want sound design? Good, clean screenwriting. It's all in this one sequence. There's not a lot of bullshit talking. It's no all dialogue. Tension. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no music. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just perfectly done you know from the moment you hear like uh sugar like the moment uh brother llewellyn uh realizes there's like someone downstairs like you're like and your ears like prick up like this and you're like listening you hear someone might be coming up the stairs llewellyn's like i'm gonna call the front desk and see if someone's come in calls the front desk no answer at the front desk so you know that th that dude is already dead like you see the shadow of the feet under the uh the door, the door. and then it turns out the light so you can't see that anymore 
like they this is like 20 minutes of just how to make a movie and it's shocking scary and tense as anything i've ever seen and that's one of those scenes in that movie <laughs> this is one of many scenes in this movie that are yeah. like this the other one that was interesting is when he tries to figure out how to get away and he bribes the boys. Oh God. So good. So good. Yeah. Right. How much are you going to give me for it? Just give him the jacket. <laughs> give him the beer. I, what the I beer. also loved was like right before he meets with that old guy who was the sheriff of that town. And he's like, it's all, we're just chasing ghosts or something like that. Right. Then he goes in back to the motel and there's a hole in the door. And yet he goes in. Mm. And he's like, he's in the room, but you don't see him, right? And, and he's, he's a ghost. He's, he's gone. Well, he's, he's not. He's a ghost. Yeah, he's he a is ghost. physically gone. Yes, he's a ghost. Yes. And but he sits there, and he realizes when he looks down at the heads of the little dime on the corner that mm -hmm. he was using to open the vent because he was there. Mm -hmm. It was heads, just like the guy at the at the counter at yep. the gas station, and he won the coin toss. As yeah. well. Yep. And in a That's way, it. he looks down. He probably knew that. Yep. Because that door was like only he, this guy opened. Like the, the door only like thing, that. the thing is, like the only way to escape would have been through, uh, maybe the vents if you were super skinny. But they don't even show that. They should. No, the he was behind covered. the door. Yeah, but the, the door opens all the way. Not like, completely. He's so like there's still still a thing that he could be behind there because he's yeah, totally against maybe. that. And, but <laughs> like, even if he is, he's not going to open the door to look for him. No, yeah, it's over. It's completely over. Yeah, it's one of the great moments where you're just like, what the? What is this? Is this supernatural? What's happening? And it almost is supernatural. It's very close to being because he is a sugar is a force. He's not. He's not real. He's a he's a he's force in the real. world. You know, and like the the brilliance of this like. I've seen people argue this online is like uh, there's so much duality in this movie between, especially between Ed Tom Bell and Shigur that people begin to wonder whether or not this is actually the same person that he's like a multiple personality, but like, mm -hmm. there's like the, uh, you have the shot, even before he goes into the hotel uh, you're looking at the door and Tommy Lee Jones is approaching the door. He's not on screen yet, but you see his shadow and because he's walking in front of the headlights, you see two shadows of Tommy Lee Jones. And then uh, and then you have things like uh, uh, they find the like Sugar comes into the uh, uh, trailer where Llewellyn lives, sits down, uh, looks at the TV, which is off, drinks milk. Tommy Lee Jones gets to the trailer, sits down. It's looks on the up. TV. Yeah, it's like all these doubled images with these characters over and over and over again, mm. and uh, and then and then and in a larger sense with everybody else, like you have uh, uh, Llewellyn pays the kids for the jacket, right? And in the mm -hmm. end, Shagur uh, pays the kids for the shirt. Uh, you have uh, Llewellyn uh, tracks down the dog from its bleeding. You want to follow the bleeding on the ground. And then Llewellyn tracks down where Shigur ran to from the bleeding on the ground. Like, uh, right. like there's like there's like 25, 30 examples of this, like yep. mirroring all throughout the movie over and over and over and over again. Uh, and so you start to get like it, it, it gives you the idea that something mythical is happening rather than something literal. And that's the actual value of the movie. Like this isn't 
like the specifics of drug dealers and all the shit you're used to in these movies is incidental. Like something true and dark is happening <coughs> and you have no control over it anymore. And to what it like the, the key scene for me is, you know, when, um, when he goes to see when and Tom Bell goes to see his uncle and his uncle just gives him the, gives him the straight shit. Just like, I don't know what you're thinking. This is a hard landscape, you know, like you're kidding yourself. If you believe that you can do good in this world, like the best you can do is to fucking hang on like mm -hmm. everybody else. You know, of course it gets harder. You're old. <laughs> like that's it. What do you want? Yep. It's always been like this. This is uh, this is the this is hard country that we live in, and you no longer can hack it. It's not God is against you; God's against us all. <laughs> we die in the end. He wants. He's gonna kill us. <laughs> he's coming for us. He's hiding behind the door. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's kind of kind of scary, honestly speaking. Yeah, it's an upsetting fucking statement of a movie, man. When when Tommy Lee Jones is giving that the the speech about his two dreams, you know, right? Like the, fir the first dream is uh, my dad gave me some money, but then I lost it. And then the second dream is I saw my dad up in the hills, and we were carrying a special fire that lead into the yeah. afterlife. And then I woke up. The end. <laughs> well, he also said, doesn't he say something? It's like once they, once you stop hearing sir and ma'am then it's all just going to fall over, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, which is that, which, you know, which is essentially what um, Llewellyn's wife is doing is like, you have to choose to be kind. You have to choose to be good. You have to choose to, to set an example for just your own life. It, like, you can't depend upon the goodness of the world. Like, the only thing you can do is choose the right thing yourself that you know to be right. And that's how you hang on. Like, I'm going to stand up to Sugar. Like, he's going to fucking shoot me in a second, but I'm not going to let him win. And it's, and you know, that's, I'm not going to beg for my life like Carson did. You know, but you don't have to do he this. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to make deals. I mean, like, it's such a fucking great scene when Carson's just like, you don't have to do this. And he's like, oh, okay. And it's Carson's like, I'll pay you money. I'll go to an ATM. And when, when he says that, and Sugar just goes, an ATM. That's a lovely thought. An ATM. Yeah, man. But that's a it. survivor, like though. That scene where he just cuts him, he operates on himself is beautiful. Oh, it's great. And there's another mirroring bit because, like, he, like he, when he, uh, uh, you have uh, uh, Llewellyn operating on himself uh, uh, for the injury that he stands. Uh, and in, here's a little geek fact if you look at the mirror where he's in the bathroom, um, uh, working on himself, and that would be uh, Shigura. You could see mm -hmm. at the corner Sylvester Stallone. I mean um, uh -huh. Schwarzenegger, and he's, oh, doing, he's just right he's, there. Yeah. yeah, he's doing the yeah. same thing from the T three. Yeah, there you go. Stick him like, down, razor blade like, in his eye. Yeah. I, exactly. <laughs> every time I see mirrors like that, I think of like those scenes. Uh, oh, dude! Yeah, it's the Terminator, the Terminator. scene. It's the best. But, I love the two great mirror scenes in the eighties are the Terminator fake puppet head. And the oh fake puppet and the fake puppet head in Poltergeist. When yeah, the guy pulls his face off. When it's just like it's so so crazy fake that it's part of the joy of the movie. I hope they never fucking correct that ever. Like in oh. Poltergeist, Poltergeist is like this. Like yes, like it's uh, the fake head is like this going. Oh, and these hands come up so awkwardly. They're like this. 
<laughs> like they're all their grip off from the side pulling at the face and just like never change <laughs> 80s practical effects this is too good <laughs> but yeah no like i think that's it like sugar really is the terminator and like that's like i think that that's, I, yeah, probably, that's interesting that's i never even thought about it he is i thought of the terminator movie. scene when he did that like so i thought yeah. like were they influenced by the terminator scene or is that I a little nod yes. because that was so like the way it was set up it was terminator and I just thought of Terminator. That's why I made the joke. But oh, I thought it when I watched I, it yesterday. I, I believe that they were thinking of that. I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, they do that kind of crap. You know, yeah, it's just sure. like, and the names of the pharmacy. I was kind of looking through everything and the hotels. I was like, God, there's meaning. They put all these little things in there. Um, yeah. But even that wide shot when the mariachi band is playing and he stops and gives them money. It's so beautiful. It's just that shadow. Oh, yeah. And the, you're reaching out like the, it's like this beautiful like because um, they reach because they reach to get the money and they hold it for a second like this like they're not quite giving like it almost looks like that the creation painting you know like God's reaching down and touching Adam's finger you know and it's just like he's reaching up and giving him and giving him money it's like yeah it's just fucking hilarious it's just purely hilarious but beautiful. yeah like I like the the humor in that movie is so fantastic because like it's all just as it is like things are funny because things are funny like they're not making jokes you know like when the when Llewellyn walks in after being in the hospital walks back into the place there where he bought the fucking tent poles and all that stuff you know and he walks back and he's in literally a Johnny and and uh the Larry man boots that he bought in the place and like he walks in with in a Johnny and the dude goes how those Larry man's treating you I know <laughs> yeah uh, you need something else. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Well, that's that, that that scene almost felt a little bit like the scene from uh, Good and Bad and Ugly when it shows up to the store, you know, and like, yeah, right, revolver. <laughs> it's so good. That is just classic. It's just like you get a lot of people walking in here with no clothes on. No, sir, it is unusual. <laughs> there is yeah, an interesting is. piece of trivia that you guys would appreciate. While on location in Marfa, Texas, the movie uh, There Will Be Blood was shooting nearby. Yes. One right. day while filming a wide shot of the landscape, directors Joel and Ethan Cohen had to halt shooting for the day when a gigantic cloud of uh, dark smoke floated suspiciously <laughs> into view. Paul Thomas Anderson was testing a pyrotechnics of an oil derrick yet uh, set ablaze and uh, uh, on set of his movie. The cone resumes, uh, resumed filming of the uh, next day when the smoke had dissipated. A year and a half later, both films were leading contenders for the Academy Awards. Best picture. That's right. Can you imagine, were, like, yeah, like, and not just like these are two of the best movies ever made, and yeah. they're both being shot in Marfa at the same time. Like, that's just right. amazing. I, if I were Marfa, I'd be like, "Good job, town." <laughs> Good yeah, job, a lot of people. Town. A lot of people have romance, romantic views of Marfa. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. the only thing- I suggest everybody go watch um, Giant again because I watched that again. I love that film, and it was shot there. Yeah. Didn't they just put out a new release of Giant, like a no. new cleaned up uh, copy? I thought they were working on that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm maybe I'm high, uh, but I remember that movie being great. I don't know why people don't talk about that movie more. It was a really good movie. It's so good. I love yeah. that film. I love movies like that. I, I watched it again last week, and I was just like back in love with it. Yeah. So Did, I, I highly I suggest. Have to- I think Dean is worthy of his legend. I love Dean. I think he is really, really good. Uh, James Dean. Like, I think he's one of these guys, like he's, he's one of those 
actors like his his style of acting is so iconic that it's sort of easy to make fun of um like you're tearing me apart kind of stuff but i'm just like nobody was doing that shit dude like that's brand new you know like that's a that's new that's brand new way of acting right there and And uh, him and brando man those guys were those guys were magical but you watch that it's and and uh, rock hudson's phenomenal in it oh yeah that's right and um even dennis hopper young dennis hopper i yeah, I've come to enjoy all stages of Hopper now. Uh, like they're, they're, yeah. they're, yeah. I think that he's. Uh, I used to sort of fight his on the uh, on the crazy '60s hippie thing. Hey like, man, yeah. hey man, right? Huh, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you gonna do, man? Are you just yeah. say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. come like on, apocalypse, apocalypse now? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Come on, like, it's like come on, yeah. You can't be the thing, right. man. You can't, but yeah. Like, right. I used to, I, I used to think of him as the flaw in Apocalypse Now. Now I think he's one of the great parts of Apocalypse Now. He is, like, you know, and just like, like once I sort of got the context of that, it, it, it played perfectly. Actually, it took me seeing, um, uh, the documentary that Coppola's wife made before yeah. I really got the picture on what that was about. You know, but uh, he is. I love when the when um, Coppola is standing around trying to direct Hopper. And Hopper is just fucking, (laughs) she's just off, off the rails so far. And for a couple of like millions of dollars are being burned while we talk. (laughs) Just a disaster. At one point, he's just like, will you shut up, man? (laughs) So good. Oh my God, man. That's a masterpiece. If people have not seen Hearts of Darkness, it's great. Top, top recommendation in the uh, documentary field. That's, that's something else. But yeah, no, I'm, I've, uh, I've watched, watch Giant. Watch Giant for sure. Um, no Country for Old Men. When I saw that, when it came out, I was in Hollywood. Um, I just, I more or less just basically moved here, I believe, and uh, and uh, saw it in a, a, a pretty packed theater. Um, and at the end of the movie, I was so blown away when it cut to black. It's one of those moments when I was just like, if they just cut to black right now, then it's gonna be perfect. And and it's landed exactly correctly that i i literally jumped up and started applauding i was like oh my god yes right and the a dude three chairs down from me at the same moment started booing <laughs> it was just it was the it was such a classic he's just like i was like ah and this guy goes boo boo <laughs> i was like this is what it must feel like to be at Con- the con film festival you know, when like a <laughs> Lars von Trier movie comes out. <laughs> and I looked at the dude and we started like laughing our asses off. I was like, you didn't like it? He's like, that sucked. The guy died there and you see it. I was like, that's what's who? And I started like debating him in the middle. Oh, it's ridiculous, dude. I was like having a podcast in the middle of the audience. So, so fun. I had a so moment fun. like that at a show and I'm so feverish. I forgot. Um, hold on a second. Who it was. But it started up the film and uh, uh, what the fuck? Hold on. I'll get it for Eric, you. what's your temperature right now? We may have to, to wrap this up so that you can. Oh, get, yeah. Get I saw it with McMonkey Man. There's the, there's the validation. Yeah, we were there. That's right. Um, I was Fantastic. at a show, a Dylan show, and I basically, he went into something, uh, I forget it was, from uh, Desire or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, yeah, man. And, and this guy next to me is like, yeah, man. I'm like, yeah, 
I was like, woo. I was like, God, fucking design. <coughs> yeah, man. And he was totally, it was James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl with him was, and I looked at the girl next to him. She must have been like 24 and she was like yeah. smoking. She was so hot. I was like, oh. I'm you like, can't yeah. smoke in theaters. No. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, dude. He's like, yeah. I was like, it was in Santa Monica uh, Civic Center. I was like, Machi Dillon, like Charlie Sex. It was a great band. And, um, oh, and, uh, it was great. It was, but I was sort of like, wait a minute, that's James Woods. I just high five James Woods. That's way, way better than my James Woods interaction where I was at the Rose, uh, the cafe near uh, Digital. Oh, Rose. right. I remember the story. Right. And uh, like I was waiting in line at the Rose and I had my food and went to pay. And, and some of this guy's next to me and he goes, hey, uh, so what do you hear? What do you tell them what they want? And like, what do you, uh, what's the process here? I was like, oh, you just go down the end. You tell me what you want over there. Take the ticket, and then you wait in line. Pick it up over here. And, go, and like in the middle of saying this, I realized that I'm talking to James Woods. And so, in my classic technique of talking to stars, I said, "You're James Woods." And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> this is like twice that I've alerted stars as to who they were. Who they are. <laughs> I did this. Yeah, to I'm usually, I'm, yeah, usually like you pick up on things that remind you of them is probably better. Like when I, you know, you just like, you run into musicians or artists that you dig. It's not like, oh my God, you're, I'm always like, if I ran into the guy from, uh, I can't even remember, Mysterio. Did, go ahead. Uh, one of the, the guitarists for, uh, you know, Hysteria, you know, uh, Def Leppard. Oh, yeah, on, yeah, but... in my parking lot in Beverly Hills getting my car. I'm like, dude, hysteria. I was like, I love the Gibson you're playing. And we started talking, but it was, wasn't like, oh, you're uh, and then, like, can I have your autograph? But you could talk to him if you're just like, dude, I love that Gibson you play. Oh, or yeah, something. then that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Where, meanwhile, I... They relax. No, like, I don't do that. I do I, the stupid I, thing. I am such a clown. Well, like, I, if I'm prepped to meet someone who's famous... I do fine. Like I, I'm in the red zone. It's like, hi, nice to meet you. How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Everything is good. But if I see if it's, it's out of the blue, like I don't just embarrass myself. I'm like, I, I appear confusing to them. Like yeah. I told, I told Nicole Kidman that she was tall. <laughs> and I told David Fincher that his hands yeah. were huge. <laughs> I did. I God, did. You're thing. uglier in real life than you are on screen. I was, I was like, you're Nicole Kidman. Just like I said, you're, you're, you're Nicole Kidman. She's like, huh? And I was just like, oh, you're really tall. I was like, fucking idiot. Who's, wow. The, 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 one of the guys who was one of the hobbits from, from Lord of the Rings. Uh, blonde guy. Billy. He was also in the movie Lost. Oh, oh yeah. Lost. Uh, uh, Billy something. Yes. Right. Yeah. That guy, right? Okay. right? He walks into the into the firehouse, right? But because I'm an idiot and I do this all the time. He kind of looks a little bit like Jesse James Chisholm. Oh, he does. Yeah, that's right. He does. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I look at him, and I probably had a couple martinis in me, thinking it's Jesse. Yeah, right. And I go up to him, and I say, hey, man, you're back. What's up, Greg? Good to see you again. And he's like, hey. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> and I was like, and he's like, what's up? And then, he, and then he's like, not much, man. And I was like, well, I was like, wait trying a minute. To be a dick. So like, wait a minute. That wasn't Jesse. Oh, I shit. You were my friend. Like, and I'm trying to explain that to him, saying, I thought you were my friend Jesse James. 
sounds like an even more of a lie. That's right. <laughs> the assassination of uh, of uh, Dominic Moynihan by the <laughs> by Jesse Chance. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was uh, that was really funny. Uh, yeah, the other one that was funny is oh, what's his name? I'm name blanking. The guy, the guy who's married to Susan Sarandon. Um, Tim Robbins. Oh, uh, Christopher Tim Robin. Tim oh, Robin. yeah, I'm sorry, Tim Robbins. Yes, yeah. Was... So Tim Robbins. I was on again. This all takes place around the same the same location that we've been talking to. Within a block of all these stories, are all happened within a block of each other. Hmm. But I was on Main Street, and I was talking USA. to one of the guys at, uh, at work, and then I see Tim Robbins coming by on a bicycle, and I just look at, I was like. Oh my God, it's Tim Robbins. And I yelled that at him. <laughs> That's the best. In case you forgot. Dork. Look, and he looks at me and goes, hey. hey. <laughs> and his little arms He's goes like, by on his bicycle. <laughs> I can love you in Bull Durham. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> So oh my god dude yeah like i i think like a proxy it's for kids you get it's, it yeah, it's for on, kids come on 10 cents yeah dude like i i like like i said like we've like because we work in the vfx industry we have all had the uh opportunity to meet some famous folks which is great uh but i guarantee you it is always better to have a lot of lead time so people can emotionally prepare themselves because when those oh, people yeah. are VFX artists, the chances of them of correctly navigating the social aspects of meeting a star are zero. Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely zero. <laughs> yeah, and I, I literally ran into Ron, Ron Howard at, at DD. Right. Like, I came around the corner and slant, body slammed him. Like, <laughs> luckily, I didn't knock him over, but I apologized profusely because I had to, I was late and he was going to the screening i guess he was direct he was directing cinderella man oh, yeah uh, right. that was the time so he's coming like this and i just rick came around the corner and, he, and i said and he was by the way the nicest person about it. oh here he's super nice yeah absolutely he says oh man are you okay it's like no no it's okay uh, man don't worry about it it's just like everything's good it's like you know don't worry good luck have a great day that was his reaction like yeah. most people would be like Watch your step, I man. I told Dwight Yoke, I'm like, come on, dude, your feet are on the table. What the fuck? <laughs> See, <laughs> there you go. This guy <laughs> in a cowboy awesome. hat at, when I worked at Title House because we were doing titles for his production company. But I didn't know it was him. And I love Dwight Yoke. I'm like, guitars and Cadillacs, man. Panic Room. Great. He's awesome in Panic Room. He's great. Man. Yeah, he's a great actor. And yeah. I was. I ran into Dwight Yoke too, actually. I and I was like, come on, dude, get your feet man, off the dude. table. Don't and then you. Dave looks at me, he was doing a comp with him. And I was like, ah, oh, sorry, Dwight. Love guitars and Cadillacs. Sorry. I'll keep going. <laughs> you know, and he took his feet off the table. <laughs> that's right. His boots. Oh man, that's good stuff, dude. It was like shields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike Markman's like, and now brushes with greatness. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, we sound like the idiots we are instead. We of are. And I told you all those when I was a little kid, and my father took me on that business trip. That's where I met Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. And we Sammy Davis the, Jr. Hilton, and uh, Bob Hope. and Oh, man, and, you met Bob Hope? Yeah, Holy dude. Uh, Sammy, Bob. Um, it's great. I mean, Frank, Sammy and Frank are fantastic, but Bob Hope is... Dino, I met the whole entire Rat Pack, got their autographs, and right. uh, what's her name from, you know, Bogey's wife. I'm so tired. Um, Lauren Bacall. Bacall, yeah. And yeah. Lucille Ball. And yeah. I held John oh, Oscar for coming home because we were staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I told you I met the Gabe Kaplan, and he wouldn't give me an autograph. I said, well, I'll walk you to your car. And so I walked him to his car, and he had that convertible Mercedes, you know? Uh -huh. like, uh -huh. And I just stood by the passenger side door, just standing there, this little fat kid, you know? 
And he's like, see you later. And he reverses. And I'm just like, see you later. <laughs> see you later. So I, I like more anyway. <laughs> I, I, I walked him through the entire, from the entrance of the uh, Beverly Hills Hotel all the way to his car in the parking lot. And he's like, are you sure about this? Like, well, it's better than a, better than an autograph. I'll walk you to your car. It's okay. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> but I Kaplan. stood in the front and they were even like Bob Hope's like, God, I, you're hanging out here all day. I was like, gotta get him, gotta get him. He's like, all right, well, there's more coming. <laughs> oh my God. And oh, I, I, I would have, I love, for instance, the uh, all the road movies that uh, Hope did with uh, Crosby. Like, I think they're fucking beautiful. Hysterical. Yeah, absolutely great movies. It was a kooky uh, dude, but, oh, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he was part of the, the legend. But, oh, yeah. you know, meeting Sammy. And and those guys. Oh, Dave is as, great. Man. He was yeah, but cool. as a kid, yeah. it's only older without you really appreciate it. Because yeah. some of them, I was like, I don't know who this guy is, and it was like, you know, there was more. It was uh, Robert Mitch, Mitchum or some other people. Oh, sure. I had yeah. a whole thing, and I kept ripping off these menus from the Polo Lounge that were pink right. and grabbing pens so I could just get them. You That's know, so and there's all, the, and it was on pink. Yeah. And my father's like, oh, my God, what the hell? That's so <laughs> you, funny, met, man. you met entire Hollywood history. That's but so good. Was, but they were cool, and John Boyd was cool. But That's it cool. Was, yeah. uh, it was a magical time. You didn't bite it. your hand like you did on Seinfeld? No. <laughs> I touched or held his Oscar for coming home, dude. So it was That's pretty great. Midnight Cowboy, I guess, right? No, it was 78. It was for coming home. Yep. Coming home. Okay. Yep. That's right. Yep. So it was like, it was basically 79 then. So it was, you know, whatever the, you yep. know, March or April of 79. That's so great. Nice. That's so that's a, that's incredible. Yeah, like I, I, you know, I, I mean, now that I live out in Duarte, I haven't seen a, any movie stars in fucking years, years. It's been, um, but working at DD, we definitely saw like there were the, uh, Pacino, various people. Yeah, I saw Pacino. I ran to Pacino. I ran to Pacino. He's like Ghost yeah. of the Rose. He used to take his dad there or something. I used to see yeah. his father there all yeah. the time. That was funny, man. I yeah, don't know if I do that, son. Yeah, that. that you know who I also did. saw, who was also there all the time, was. Um, Oh, what's his name from um, the guy, the main star in High Fidelity? Um, John Cusack. Cusack. John Cusack. He used to go there all the time. He has got a huge head. <laughs> a big, an actual big physical head. Yes. Big physical head. Yeah. Yes. Yep. He, because you can tell that because you know that he is tall, yet he looks like he is much shorter in movies because. The shorter you are, the larger your head is in scale right. to your body. And right. he looks, I always thought he was maybe like, you know, five, three, five, four. It turns out yeah. he's like tall as I am. And so his head must be my size head, which is fucking enormous. Well, <laughs> yeah. his sister has a big head too. I love her. She does. Oh, I love she's amazing. Joan, Joan yeah, Cusack yeah, is really great. good. I love John Cusack as well. But and you know who also used to see all the time? Joan. There was a, uh, those, what's that little cafe called like the Brick House or something down yeah, the street? Brick House, um Don Cheadle used to go there. Oh, fucking oh Don killed to see I would have killed to see Cheadle. Yeah. He's awesome. Oh, he's, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. He's, he's so used to go there all the time. Man. Yeah. 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 He's yeah, like dude. um I'm telling you, he's a talented human being. Oh, incredible. He incredible. and Jamie Foxx. Yep. No, what a what a so crew. What a crew. Gifted. Like it, I it, also, it's, so, it's so strange that like that one little nexus that we are working in is totally different now. Like I don't know, I don't know if it would be the same kind of experience, but that was a I don't know. strange. It's all Silicon time. Beach now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to have to wrap it up, guys, because I got stuff and I want to make sure Eric gets some sleep. So yeah, for sure. I'm sort of Don't out. lay it on so, me. I can keep rolling, baby. COVID's. The best COVID's. materials comes out about now. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Sassy stuff. I don't know yeah. what kind of soldier you'll make. <laughs> <It really laughs> okay, hot shot. Okay, hot shot. 
<laughs> what was that guy's name? I always remember that. <laughs> okay, hot shot. <laughs> okay, hot shot. We'll see what kind of soldier you make. <laughs> I tell you, good things. <laughs> but I think this was a great show. I really, I, I mean, I don't know if our show was good. I think our show was pretty good. But I definitely appreciate that the, these two movies that I got to watch, and hopefully you guys will too. Because damn, dude, yeah. there's some good ones. And we we yeah. have to sign a we have to start a uh, a uh, a GoFundMe GoFundMe for Eric to see Hail Caesar. Uh, no, I'm going to do that maybe tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah, finish yeah. Deep Water Horizon, which is a yes. very good film. And it's, then everybody go watch Giant Giante. Yeah, that's right. Now I I think you're gonna like Hail Caesar almost as much as Deepwater Horizon. I think that's it's that's very similar. similar films, and yeah, that's, that's true. the thing. That's they very are true. very 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 similar. Yep. Meanwhile, I, in the background, I'm designing some new stuff. Some new goodies. Just, yeah, I can't I'm excited. Uh, I would I also like to say that McMonkey Man just put a YouTube link that gives us the OK Hot Shot line, which oh, is Sergeant nice. Halco in stripes. Yes. No. There yes. That's that's in there. Oh so yes, just... that is Warren. <laughs> okay, hell chat. Warren <laughs> Oates. Yes, like Genius. Warren Beast, but with Oates. Yes, I love I love Warren. If you want to see a good Warren Oates movie, there's Badlands. If you want to see another good one, there's Cockfighter. Look it up. It's a good one. I love Badlands. You guys know how much <laughs> yeah. I love Badlands. There oh, used yeah. to be when I lived Did, who directed who who is the DP on Badlands was that Deacons that, as well no that no. should be no it was um uh, Haskell Wexler Wexler I think okay. I'm gonna okay. throw it out there might be wrong yeah it's uh it's no one of the, one, or was um, it um uh, the guy that uh, did, oh, sorry, no it was uh shoot now I'm gonna look it up he did yeah, the one uh, you know he did the same movie where it's the House in the Hills with Richard Gere. Yeah, that was Amaderos. Yeah, but uh, Wexler was also on that one and got canned, and then it was Nestor Almendras, okay. I believe. Badlands. Uh, I don't play games with my heart. Here it is. Here it is. We're gonna find out in a second. Quit playing games with my all heart. Of IMDb's terrible, fucking layout. All cast and crew. It's not about Ready? the baby. Oh God, it's about the bump. bump. All right. <laughs> so, oh shit. That's. Okay, consider my mind blown. There are three directors of cinematography. Uh, uh, on what? On, on, on Badlands. On... Really? Get this. Brian Probin, who I don't know. Stephen Larner, who I don't know. But we do know the work of Silence of the Lambs and Ferris Bueller's Day Off photographer, Tak Fujimoto. What? Interesting. Yeah. So I think Tak was, was the big dude on this thing. Tak is fucking great, man. Holy smokes. Interesting. One of the greats. One of the greats. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he's, he's been around for a good long time. Great, 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 great photographer. I, I'm surprised. I thought that was uh, Wexler. I'm like, soup to nuts. I am wrong, as I often am. <clears throat> Badlands and Cockfighter. Write that one down. Great movie. Cockfighter? Cockfighter. Mm-hmm. There Cockfighter. used to be a bar in the West Village where I lived called Cockfighter. Yeah, it's a good bar. I oh, that's it fun. Great. Yeah, it's a good place. Guys. Yeah. yeah. It's a good being in, it's because the... there was a gay bar in Houston called the Purple Rooster. They had used to be called the Purple Cock, but they had to change their name. They had to really? change that? <laughs> Fuck, man. What's the world coming to? It's got no cut for old men. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> used no, to be the bars were Leatherman or yes, Construction nice. Zone mm-hmm. or Liquid Kitty. Oh, man. And then the, isn't it the Riptide or the, the Riptide? Or, or, and then, um, the mother load. 
right? Was nice. it Mother Love? Yeah. That's that. Look, I want to open a bar good, called Girth. Any of those, any of those <laughs> are great names, and I bet they're all great bars. Yeah, I would. All, good bars. Wanna, oh, they made wanna, a they, they made a taco uh, place called the Pink Taco. Pink Taco, yeah, Pink Taco is great. Really? Yeah, it's great yeah. and pretty good tacos actually. A little too expensive, but pretty good tacos. Um, the uh, the thing I would like to end on though is uh, I I've, all the Texan phrases I heard in the past week. The only one that I heard was from No Country for Old Men come out of someone else's mouth in Texas was yeah he's got some hard bark on him and i'm gonna yeah, use that for the that? rest of my life that's when someone's really tough or in a in sort of a scary way he's got hard bark on him and i heard that yeah. in the background of the texas uh chili parlor in austin which is where kurt russell uh gets his nachos and death proof so there you go nice my uh, one of my one of my my best friends in grad school he was texan and he used to love to throw little texan sayings to me mm. all the time he'd say things like i ain't no dance for a stepper <laughs> it's so good man yeah no dance for a stepper the uh <laughs> the, the line from uh lonesome dove the novel and the movie but the novel's the greatest uh when uh, remember uh when gus uh says uh when he's caught uh, cheating at cards when they're they're betting over who's gonna sleep with the prostitute is gonna like where the money's gonna go, and uh, Gus gets caught cheating and he says, "A man that won't cheat for a poke don't want one bad enough." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, you ready to do this? Can we wrap this up? Yes, yeah. I think All so. Right. Thank you, everybody in chat. That was lovely, and please write us with suggestions on Discord as to what you would like to see us cover in the future. And I'm gonna just real quick before we leave, make sure. You and uh, join our Discord. So I'm going to get ahead and put that link in the dis in our chat again, so you can get it. And if you guys are listening to this on the podcast, it's a link that I can't really say out loud. So just go to our Twitter, Martin at Martini Giant, and our Discord link is uh, right there on our Twitter, so you can get that there. But yeah, maybe uh, our Twitter is, or sorry, our Discord is actually fairly active. Uh, we do pretty much wake up every day and give our our frame scores which is pretty hilarious <laughs> right. but there's great. also lots of great discussions that are going on there so you guys should join it and please uh love to have you there so anyway. yeah it's a great community very positive community and we love talking what we love that there it is for sure all right ready to do this yeah drink talk